<laughs> so, so he says, what do you want me to say, stay away from my girl? <laughs> and then guess what? He says, stay away from my girl! <laughs> Which is hilarious, because he's dead a film later. It was an un- unwarranted fear. Genie! Of the lamp. <laughs> Welcome to Big Damn Snicked. I am Old Man Chris. <laughs> and I am Wolvermat. Ah, alright, yeah. I have to think okay. about it. Okay, I'll, yeah. yep, I'll, t- I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, we are here in the wake of the uh, finale-esque behemoth. Well... To the X-Men franchise. Technically in the wake, although we're ahead of it, because we've been doing a bit of time travel. No, no, what are you talking about? Last week... Last week... We saw... Possibly... <laughs> Logan! Last week, we would have seen Logan. Yes. Yes, we, we definitely Logan did. Logan last week. We see, we're seeing Logan last week, and we uh, had gave our opinions on it, and we both said, on the count of three, that it was one, two, three, something uh-huh. happened. So, there we go. Uh, was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? I guess will... we, we, we do know. We do know what our opinion we is. We will have known. We just don't want to say it right now. We will have known by the time that we will have had seen it, because tenses. Pre-recorded episode! <laughs> Hey everybody! Uh, so yeah, right now uh, in real life, uh, I'm in India. Um, so I don't know where I am. I'll probably in a gutter somewhere. You'll be watering my plants. <laughs> That's what you call it. And, and my cats. I'll be feeding your cats. I'll be pouring water on my cats. I'll be feeding your cats to my cats. Oh! <laughs> to create two giant cats. That's how you upgrade your cards in real life. You feed you feed the one star cards to the two star cards to level them up, like a mobile game. Life is free to play. Best value. Forty nine ninety nine. Best value. Oh god. Ten out of ten would cannibalize their cats again. Skip by spend one gold to skip. Everything you're saying is arousing, um, and I love it. So this week we thought we'd chat about. Uh, the X-Men film franchise a bit, but also focus on, on Logan himself, on Wolverine. The old knucklehead. Some of his best stories, some of the stories we like, some of the stories we might think are a bit shit. We can touch on those too. There's a few of his, of his stories which are regarded as really good ones that I've not actually read. Mm. So. Well, same. And, and I might, I mean, your knowledge of Wolverine goes back. I. Mine I'm, is sort of firmly in the 2000s. Yeah, I'm, I'm like more familiar with. Early Wolverine, like Claremont X-Men, early Claremont Stolo stuff. And then I have a massive gap where I had a little bit of him in the 90s, when he was in that weird period where he had the bandana and was drawn by Joe Maguire and had no nose. Oh yeah, that Um, was a thing. That was a thing. We'll we'll get to that later. Um, (laughs) And then, but then I'm also more familiar with him mid-2000s to late-2000s, early-2010s as... Remember the new Avengers, mm. the X Men stuff by Jason that sweet, Aaron. That sweet costume redesign that stuck around pretty much till the end. There yeah, the one from um, <clears throat> Astonishing. Uh, Astonishing. Yeah. yeah, so Astonishing X Men, all that kind of thing. So Don't we'll change Wolverine's costume; that. it's never changed. It's classic. They changed it. Oh, actually, that is better. <laughs> that is better. You yeah, it's it. actually really good. Uh, <laughs> but he's had a couple of costume changes, and again, we'll touch on that as we move through the Wolverine oeuvre, the Pantheon. Do Harry Canuck. 
There we go. Um, I was originally... Um, uh, yeah, little known fact, Wolverine's real name, his secret identity, is Harry Canuck. Harry Canuck. Um, so, yeah. Yes, uh, but everyone, first, let's, Canadian. let's delve into the dirty pool that is the X-Men movies. Let's have a bit of a chinwag um, about them. It is a dirty, <clears throat> murky pool. Because I believe you you definitely support the, the, the church of Movie Bob in the the fuck are these movies... Why are they put on a pedestal in any shape or form? Like, I, I remember... With, with, with few momentary exceptions. Because I saw the X-Men... Because I was a big X-Men kid growing up. But... You're the tallest X-Men kid in your X-Men class. I was class. the tallest X-Men kid in my X-Men class. Because I was 32. <laughs> and, still in, and still in primary school. <laughs> uh, that's a lie. Um, no, I... Um, so I was big into the 90s X-Men cartoon. And I was reading reprints of... The, the essential X-Men reprints that we get in the UK, which are like two or three issues of the American... Panini books. magazine. They, yeah. they compile uh, usually two issues of whatever the main title is yeah. in the States and one issue of a past storyline, either from the history or, well, or then, a tie-in. It was like two issues of... And then every now and again, to, to help themselves catch up, they'd have an issue that was just completely like an event from somewhere else at the yeah. timeline. Yeah, so they had like... Um, so... When I started reading it, it was just after Fatal Attractions. So it was just after Wolverine had lost his adamantium. Ah. So he wasn't in it. Actually, isn't that when Essential started? Essential started with the Jim Lee... Um, Shit, the early 90s stuff, the early seriously? 90s stuff. Yeah, the Jim Lee... Uh, when did it start publishing in the UK, though, Essential? It would have been night... Because I started reading with issue 12 or 13. Okay. And they'd already done Fatal Attractions by that point. Right. So it was like the start of the Jim Lee... Um, my God, X Men number one run. The the, the, the start of Rockstar Comics, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it it I kind of missed the that bit early bit of Wolverine, and then he wasn't in it again. And then I dropped off it around the time that we get into the Phalanx Covenant, uh, and then he was coming back into it. Yeah. Um, and that was around the time the first X Men movie came out. Oh shit! So and then I picked it up again. A few years later, when they were in the post on again just after onslaught, yeah, where it was this is and going into Operation Zero Tolerance, where this is Wolverine, he's gone bestial, he wears a bandana all the time and has no nose, because of course. Because so what's the bandana hooked over? Because it came to a point where his nose would be, but it... who knows? Um, so it was just gently grasped in the folds of his snarl. But I was really into Joe Mads's art, so. That was fine. It's a very extreme 90s kind it's of like... so 90s! Yeah, lots of it's bulging so, muscles. It's, it's and ridiculous. Th- ridiculously thin ankles. And it was a weird time Saliva and, and just... Because it was like... <laughs> it, it was it was Wolverine on the team and then it was like Cyclops and Marrow and Maggot. And like this, this weird team. Ma- Marrow in that green and yellow sort of costume yeah, thing. And things yeah. sticking out of her back. And like she always had two bones sticking out of her back, like sort of the beginnings of wings. For a good chunk of it, like Rogue and Gambit and Bishop and Beast and like Colossus, I think, were in space. Of course. Like, looking about in the Shi'ar Empire, fighting the Phalanx. <laughs> and then they would, so they were out of it for ages. And then, so yeah, it was, um, X-Men have done some shit. It's a weird time to ruin it. But anyway, I digress. So the the first, as I was dropping off X-Men comics for various reasons, it was at the same time that the movie was coming out. Yeah. Uh, And I saw that movie the day before it came out. 
Oh, preview. It's a preview. Mm. And, like, loved it. Yeah. And loved X-Men 2 when that came out. And then X-Men 3 came out and I hated it. <laughs> but the <laughs> the main thing about those movies is they put Wolverine front and centre. Yes. They like, made a very was, smart decision. Yeah, Hugh Jackman Ro- was Rogue, was your, Rogue was your way in. Wolverine was your reason to stay. Yeah. In that first movie. Because they knew that... I mean, by that time, it had already been established in the comics that Wolverine sells books. Yes. So if you're... In the same way that in, like, the 60s, if your title was flagging, guest star Spider-Man. Yeah. Put Spider-Man in it for an issue, and it'll pick up again. By the time the late 80s and early 90s had rolled around, you want your, if you want your book to shift, you put Wolverine in an issue. Yes. Which is why Wolverine... Is in, and they made jokes about it later on in the 2000s, because back in the 2000s, Wolverine was still in every book. Yeah. He was on the Avengers. He was on the X-Men. He was in several <clears throat> X-Men books. He had two solo books. It pops up in other stuff. That, conti- that continued up to his death. Yeah. I mean, the most recent run of Wolverine books that I follow was the Paul Cornell run. Um, and in one of them, there's a side story about him like going to this bar on the very rare occasions in the week between him being either with the X-Men mm-hmm. or teaching at the Institute or fighting with the Avengers, or fighting with X-Force, and all this. And it was this story about, like, I think someone just said to him, like, why the hell don't you stop? Like, why are you agreeing to... Why are you going off on all this stuff? You don't have a moment to breathe. And he sort of confesses that I'd do it, because if I didn't, I'd stop, think about what the hell I've done with my life, and kill myself. Because he's like, at this point, like, I'm kind of trying to completely redeem myself for everything. This is the point point where he sort of told himself, like, I'm not going to kill anymore. As, if I can help it, I will not kill. Well, we because we'll he realised how the, he realised how many bodies he's left in his way. Well, one of the stories that gets us to that point is one of the ones I'm going to touch on later. A yeah. couple of the stories actually that get us to that point. Are one of and he had later. two titles at that point as well. Uh, he had Wolverine, and he had all new Wolverine. Yeah, and, no, um, it was just Wolverine. It was Wolverine. All new Wolverine is the current ongoing, ah, and that's it. about X23. Who, who is, is Wolverine now Wolverine. She's taking the Wolverine. So we had Wolverine and he had Savage Wolverine. Yeah. Which originally I think was just going to be a mini because it was a Savage Land set it was story. It was an anthology with, book, wasn't it, really? In the, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was just a mini series because I was like, oh, it's Wolverine, um, the Savage Land, Amadeus Cho, Cho yeah. well, Amadeus Cho, Shaun of the She-Devil and Frank Cho's writing and, dra- written, writing and drawing it. I have a special place in my filthy heart for the Frank Cho, yes. Shaun of the She-Devil um, yes. Marvel Knights series. Uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't Max because it wasn't because um, you adult, but butts. I like dinosaurs and butts. Um, so yeah, uh, but not dinosaurs with butts. So this was sort of a spiritual sequel because obviously it wasn't that Shana because that Shana was just in two stories and nowhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the follow-up to that's about one of the fittest, but someone else was not great. Um, but like, I was like, oh, so this is sort of a spiritual sequel to that anyway. Great, I can't wait to read this, and I read it, and then at the end of issue six, it was like next issue, different artist, different writer. I was like. Wait, what? So yeah, it became an anthology book. What? Uh, which was pretty fun. Like again, that was pretty fun. Every other story was really solid. Um, was I enjoyed it? it. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Um, but it, it sort of ran its course a bit, and then I think they wrapped it up shortly before the second version of Wolverine. Second volume, yeah. When uh, when um, all new Marvel became. Hang on, what was Marvel now became Marvel, Marvel now. But when will well, when, they, when be, they did that? When will now? When will then be now? What's that from? <laughs> Spaceballs. Oh shit! Yeah, soon. <laughs> oh god. So, but let's let's skip back to the movies for a second. So, X Men One. Thoughts now. 
How do you feel about X-Men 1? I still dig X-Men It's not aged great. No, I, I think I think the thing that's aged it, aside from some of the fashion stuff, but yeah, you, you just you just take yeah, that, don't yeah, you? Yeah. As it comes, the thing that's aged it weirdly for me is how restrained it is in places. Yeah. Because we are now in a world where Disney and Marvel are just going, yeah, that stuff on the page that people like, just do that. Yeah, like they they just, they, they hold back in terms of the medium translation a bit, but they are. I mean, we're about to have a. a couple of movies where they send their characters into space like it's about to happen Pitch in space snipped where's the first x-men has the Bubs whole in space oh i missed it i missed the gag bubsy in space Bubs. oh thank god in space oh good that, that's better yeah. because of Bob. don't ever suggest well, he never that bubsy in space he does it a couple of times he calls someone bub in the second one I think he does it in the first one. I think he does it. Did not do it in the bar before he slices that guy's shotgun in bits? Well, they call you wheels. Um, Such a... It's not got great dialogue. Let's be honest. No, it's not. It's not the finest work of uh, script editor and one draft writer Joss Whedon. That that line about the the toad being struck. I, I would put. That's one of his. I would put to you. I I stand here before you. Yeah. In my Atticus Finch cosplay, I I put to you that line would be much better, much more palatable, delivered by, controversial opinion, in three, two, one, a better actor. Oh! Halle Berry has sort of proved over time to be sometimes great. The Oscar-winning but not Halle always Berry. Great. Exactly. She's great in Swordfish. She's great in Swordfish. She's, she's not bad. She's topless in Swordfish. <laughs> um, she's great in Die Another Day. No, she isn't. <laughs> Not even Rosamund Pike's great in Die Another Day. I like watching you squirm. Oh shit, that was Rosamund Pike! That's Rosamund Pike wearing oh a sports bra and threatening people with swords the whole hey, look. film hey, look. through. Hey look, hey look. Even when she's on a plane hey, over an hey, ice look. plane, she's hey, still wearing a sports bra. Day Another Day. Day, day, day Another Day. Day Another day. Day, day. day Another Day is not a great movie. But I will give, no. the, fencing, I will give the fencing sequence... It's not even a good movie. I will give the fencing sequence and the use of the Eden Centre bonus points. But also, it's about an Asian man in terms of self white. So that's got. That's. Yeah. It's also a guy with diamonds in his face. No, that's. Um, the world is not enough. No, no, no that is Diamonds Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's the oh, mate. He's the yeah, mate. Yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing of like, wait, see, you you look different, but he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yes. Let's be um, honest, there's only one Pierce Brosnan Bond film. It's called Goldeneye. And then they never made any others. It's called Taffing. Good sir. <laughs> and it's. What goes on in this town is none of your business. Well, as long as I'm living here, it is. And maybe you shouldn't be living here. Oh, yes. Podcast um, memes. Podcast memes. memes. Memes for your podcast. Podcast memes. Is this memes? Um, It's always memes. So, um, so no, X-Men 1 is fine. It's fine. It's aged. <clears throat> it's got some cool moments in it. It is restrained. It's got a blatant Star Wars reference from Darth Maul. Yeah. In, yeah. It, like, within the same sort of... Because X-Men was 2000, wasn't it? So they were shooting in 1999. Yeah. So it was shot. It was, it was part of Ray Park's trajectory to nothing. I mean... He really wanted still, to be he's famous. Still, he's still a stunt performer, yeah, as far as I know. Like, he's never, he never stopped doing he never, that. He never had that breakout role that he thought he was going to get. No, and a part of that, I think, is also down to just, like, the casting. And stuff. I mean, Star Wars Phantom Menace is such an odd one. Ray Park does some amazing physical stuff with, with Darth Maul. Oh, yeah, too right. But then George Lucas spends the rest of the Star Wars prequels trying to make every Jedi move like Darth Maul. Yeah. Which makes Darth Maul no longer special. Um, plus, obviously, like, oh, we're not going to have you do the voice. We're going to get Peter Serafinovich to do the voice. But 
he doesn't talk enough for it to justify it. And then when you see him in X-Men... I wish I could get Peter Sellers to be my boss. You see, I wish, I, I, I just, uh, that man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but then you, then you see him in X-Men, and it's not like he's got a non-threatening... For the amount of lines Darth Maul had, Ray Park could have done them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he totally could have done them. He has one line. He has one line in the whole film. Last one, reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we'll have a revenge. That's all he says. And how do I know? Because that was the goddamn montage on the video game when you left it paused for too mm-hmm. long. And that version, there's an arrangement on the, I bought the soundtrack for Phantom Menace 3D. Um, Phantom Menace 3D. Because I love the music from Phantom Menace. I was like, I want to own this. And when the 3D film came it's out, funny. they re-released the soundtrack calling it Phantom Menace 3D. Um, the last track on it is called something like uh, Jewel of the Fates brackets the phantom menace brackets like that something stupid like that and it's basically the audio from that montage oh uh, okay because obviously it wasn't just on the video game it must have been like something they circulated I think, I as well a music video it was released as a single it was wasn't it what a weird thought could you imagine that like backstreet boys there and in at number five of the fates john williams, john williams. It's it's star wars. and that's all we're playing of that this is radio one okay moving on yeah um, Gwen Stefani is, yeah. because uh, she was solo about them. She ain't no hollaback girl. Oh, look, a few times we've been around that track, all right? <laughs> um, uh, so yes, we're getting off topic. I, I, I still enjoy X-Men 1. It's fine. It's, it, that is the best way to describe it's it. It's fine. It's fine. The one thing, aged. the one thing that stands head and shoulders above it and the one thing that will survive the test of time is pretty much any interaction between Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Mm. Because it was a case of, the first ever sort of agreed casting for a movie. A comic oh movie. yeah, that was that was cast before. Like Jack Nicholson cast as the Joker, people went, "Oh yeah," but at the same time, the people were going, "Oh, Batman movie is going to be stupid." He made that his own, though. Yeah, in a way, um, no one else really. Um, well, I think yeah. people people could see it, but they were still displeased about the movie for the most part because of Keaton's casting well, and, before... and the Beetlejuice guys making Batman and all this. That, that was the movie that re-legitimized comic book movies. In yeah. the same way, the X Men kind of was for a new generation. Although Blade had only done it three years before, X Men wouldn't have happened the way it did without Blade. How dare you! Steel um, came out two years before that <laughs> with Shaq. Oh God! Oh That's, God! Have you seen Steel? Yes. Oh, it's so bad. I wish I could steal back that hour hey! of my time. It's really painful. The Superman spin-off that's not a Superman spin-off. I think I think the Superman Shield appears in the movie somewhere at one oh, point, right. suggesting that it's set in the DC universe. But that's about it. And not again, no long, not until Batman and Robin would we get another. This is why Superman blatant well. mention. Oh, actually, no, no, Batman Forever mentions Metropolis. Mentions Metropolis. Um, so yes, but uh, Mince X Men One. Uh, anything at the moment they said Patrick Stewart is, is uh, Chelsea Xavier. I think the world collectively went okay. Yes, we are fine with this. Do you know that Hugh Jackman the... was not the original casting for Wolverine? He was the like the third person, wasn't he? Because mm-hmm. there was an I can't remember who the first actor was, but we all know who the second actor was. Because he didn't do the X Men movie because he went off to do Mission Impossible Two with Tom Cruise. It was Dougray Scott. Oh shit! No, I know the other person. Who was then. the other person? Tell me more about Dougray Scott. So Dougray Scott, who is the villain in Mission Impossible yes, Two, I, and yeah. that's kind of it. It. Um, <laughs> he was originally cast as Wolverine, but then went off to do Mission Impossible Two with Tom Cruise instead. Do you and do you not know who the other person who was, the other was? Person, Russell Crowe. No, seriously, it I never... think he must have been the first person cast because Dougray Scott. 
dropping out was what led to Hugh Jackman getting the role. Um, based on a suggestion from Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe suggested you to screen Hugh Jackman. Because obviously, like, Native Australia, like, was more familiar with his work. Yeah, yeah. And was like, try that guy. And I think they were a bit put off for the same reason that... Um, it was a musicals guy. That back in the day, uh, they were a bit put off with Chris Reeves at first. Because it was like, this guy's just like six foot two and scrawny. Like, he, are we he, sure he was, about this? He was a stage performer. Yeah. Like, and you Jackman basically just went like, I mean, I could bulk up. And they went, oh yeah, you could, I suppose. There's a very good... Uh, <laughs> produ- that is the scrawniest he is in the series. There's a very good production of Oklahoma that was, it was released as a DVD professionally shot with Hugh Jackman in the lead. Huge Ackman. Huge Ackman. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the... Snicked. I Can you imagine? I don't, I don't think that happened. No, no, it didn't happen. But it's worth watching that version of Oklahoma if you're into musicals. He's very good in it. He, he's, he's a triple threat performer. He is. He's dancer, singer, snickter. Alpha, beta and omega. <laughs> uh, I can't remember which book that is from. But, God yeah. knows. Um, so X-Men 1, not not aged particularly well, but it's fine. fine. X2, I still really like this movie. That and I think it's I think it's the pacing of it as a film. Awesome. I the remember cor- the, literally nothing else. The about mansion it. invasion. I've not seen it since it came out. It was the first blatantly Wolverine moment in a movie, and arguably the only one. Till Logan, maybe sort of. I guess we'll see later in Rivers. But it's the bit where the the, the either is in the kitchen area, and he just he just like decks the guy, and he just plunges his claws in him, and he screams, he goes ah, and then just vroom, pulls out. The guy drops. The guy has already died like two seconds before. He just pulls the claws out, and he drops to the floor. Proper violent. It's like oh my god. The, the only the only thing is there's no blood, but that's fine because, because the the the. The, the injuries he's inflicting are that quick and everything so it's just stabs and slashes it's yeah. really quick that sequence is great and also it was, the, it was the first like it was the first like it, it was back when they knew how to do that whole um, we're going to reference another character's existence they're not going to be a main character in this movie but we know that the fanboys will go oh shit and that the casual cinema goers will go oh that's a cool visual and it was Colossus mm. Colossus is in that scene. It's his first appearance. And he just, he, he's doing walking around and then like one of the guys is about to fire at him and he just metals up and they shoot at him. And it's like, oh shit, Colossus. And it looks great. It's a nice visual. And you get to see, um, again, sort of Shadow Cat before, like the second Shadow Cat because I think Kitty's been played by three different people yes. at all. There's three Shadow Cats in the, in three X-Men movies. Because there's a Jubilee in one of them as well. Yeah. Even though apparently she attended in the 80s, but that's... Yep. Time wibbly wobbly, um, yep. and not a single one of them has spoken in a movie. Uh, so, she doesn't so, speak at all in Apocalypse. I uh, not to my knowledge. She speaks in the promotional material. What? She speaks in the promo. They made videos. a whole thing about Jubilee being cast in a movie. She doesn't speak in Apocalypse. Fuck, Luke. Do you recall Jubilee speaking in X Men Apocalypse? Thoughts, 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 thoughts. Maybe once. Did she say words or did she go ah? She might have done that. Yeah, she might have yeah. done that. <laughs> she, she went meow. She went meow, 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 meow. Skin grafts, meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. But X2, like, um, nice interesting thing with you. After the first movie, you're doing a big deal of, like, powers versus powers, mutant versus mutant. The second film is that really nice thing of going, nope, people, Brian Cox. Yeah, Brian Cox. The real Brian Cox. 
Not <laughs> that scientist imposter! Not Brian Cox off the telly. Not that one. lovely hair. Oh, it's a plate. It's a big plate. So, what's that? Hang on. Hang on, we've got... We've, we've got Brian Cox here with us today. Brian Cox, could you tell us, um, what do you recall from your time making X2 X-Men United? <laughs> cool. Uh, who was your favourite actor to work with? Wolverine! <laughs> Um, did you have any vocal warm-ups to get ready for a scene? Or did you have anything you chatted to yourself? Wolverine! Oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mr. Cox. Thank you for your... Cox! Thank you for your... Cox! Cox! Um, he's great in it. Yeah, he is great. And there's some really twisted shit, like with his son, sort yeah. of keeping Xavier at bay. Proteus, I think. Is they never call call him as such, but they, they basically hint that he's Proteus. Oh, okay. um, was Proteus... Xavier's kid in the books. No, Legion's Xavier's kid. Proteus. Proteus is the son of one of Professor X's old flames, one of the man. Right. I think he's his biological son in Ultimate, though. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. that's what I know of yeah, Proteus. Yeah, yeah. I've never read him in the 616. I've read, I've read the... Because Proteus was, like, early uh, early story for that. The, the, that the, um, the all-new, all-different X-Men, which was... Wolverine and Colossus and Storm and Nightcrawler and all that. The new batch that came along in the, uh, in the late 70s. Dang, son. Dang, son! Um, I think, I think it's held it quite well. It's probably Rebecca Remain's, like, best time in the role of Mystique. Like, she's got, I mean, she does a great job in the first one, but in the second one, she obviously... She gets because the, pop, the breakout yeah. popularity of that character from the first one meant that in the second one they gave her, like, th- like three action set pieces all her own. It's the naked blue lady! It's the naked blue chick! You gotta put her all over the marketing! Kids are gonna love it! It's the naked blue lady! The naked. Kids love it! Dads love it! Moms wanna be it! Gotta get it all over the marketing! Naked blue lady! It's easy to be a naked blue lady. You just it's take all your clothes out and you just stand outside on a winter's day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah! Um, also... <laughs> Um, two monumental things happen in this in this one. Like the visual effects, makeup team, and acting and direction all come together to create a fantastic visual character in the form of Nightcrawler. Yes. Nightcrawler is an astounding piece of work. Very different from the comic book incarnation, but sort of like they, they take the whole idea of the original Nightcrawler sort of story thing of like the the demon that the village is mm-hmm. is after and turn him into this sort of you know almost. Um, Sort of like a repenting Frankenstein's monster kind of character. Yeah, yeah. He, and and it, it's really good. Alan Cumming plays him. He's very sympathetic. He's quite sweet. When he's brainwashed, he's terrifying. The sequence of the White House at the beginning. Yeah, is, that's, it's probably the best sequence in any X Men. That's movie. the standout moment when you think action in X Men movie. You think the White House invasion at the start of X Two. But even more monumental and unprecedented is the fact that Halle Berry picks an accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's taken her two films Stick and she decides it, she's going to be American now. Uh, Ali's Comet. Oh, God. Just, oh. uh And we get the first bit of comic book movie cock teasing as the film closes after Jean has died in the Alkali Lake. She'd been consumed by the water, drowned by the water as it all collapses. We see sort of a shimmering light within the waves that's reminiscent of a phoenix. And then the credits roll and we all go, ooh. I wonder if they're going to do something with that going forward or whether or not they're just sort of putting it in there as a nod. Like, then then what, what happened, is? Chris? Then Brian Singer um, went to make Superman Returns. Leaving two, two, three in limbo. Two terrible things then happened. Yeah. And Superman Returns is the least terrible of the two terrible things. I don't things. think... 
Terrible is a strong word for Superman Returns. Superman Returns is... It's deeply flawed. Superman Returns is a thing. It's not a great thing. But it's also not the worst thing. It's, it might be a good-ish It's my thing? third favourite Superman movie, so I'll give it that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Top three. Yeah, which is... I don't think we'll ever change. And there's change. more than three, so, Top you three. Know. Oh, yeah, Superman. Superman 2, Superman Returns. Are there any other Superman films? No. No. So, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But uh, Superman Returns is, is all right. Hollywoodland. It's, yeah. Uh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count because every bastard in YouTube video that references yeah. it uses the same shot of him yeah. busting through the fence. Yeah. Um, so Great, they, which I think is the only bit in the film where he's dressed yeah, as Superman, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So that's why. But, um, yeah... X-Men The Last Stand is directed by Brett. Give me a nickel and I'll do anything, Ratner. Oh, he's a hack. Yeah. He's the hackiest director but around. good on him, because he shows up, does the job, and creates a product. And I then mean, off he goes to, to, to it, you know, spend the money that he's earned. It is in... He's doing... In it, the strictest he, definition of the term, it, it is a film. Chris Stuckman's recently been doing a retrospective in the run-up to Logan on YouTube, and he, he went on to say that He'd argue the first two-thirds of X-Men The Last Stand aren't good, but they're not bad. It's the last third that sinks it into the icy depths it's of just unforgivability. Well, it's just a complete give us, give us the basics of what the Phoenix was meant to be, and then so, tell me how the third movie fucks it up. So the Phoenix is... It's a universal... Uh, being. It's a cosmic being of immense power. It's a force of great rebirth... And it it funnels its energies through uh, Jean Grey as through its human avatar, and it can it can burn suns and destroy planets, or it can give life, and it it basically supercharges her psychic abilities. Um, In the movie, she shit Carrie. Yeah, she wears eyeshadow and dark clothes and does angry things and kills Cyclops off screen. Oh, that was the like I. I didn't get Cyclops as a character until I was older. Like, I didn't really start to like Cyclops as a character until I was, like, in my late teens, early 20s, reading more modern X-Men books where people really started to make fun use of him. In the 90s, I just thought he was a boring Boy Scout. Yeah. But because even... he kind of was written like that for a yeah. long-ass time. Yeah. But it... He was Captain America light. I didn't start... I didn't. I don't think he started getting more complex and more interesting until Grant Morrison got hold of him. And for then, for, on, for new X Men, yeah. and then and then I think Joss Whedon ran further with it in Astonishing X Men, yes. which I really enjoyed. And then from then on, I think he's been a really interesting, complex character. I've not followed him um, much beyond some of the early uh, on new X Men Bendis stuff. Kieran Gillen, who wrote the who wrote some some of Uncanny X Men, and then the reboot of Uncanny X Men for Regenesis, like. After Fear Itself and stuff, before mm. leading into all new X Men, yeah, uh, leading into um, Avengers versus X Men, yeah. Kieran Gillen writes a fantastic Cyclops. Kieran Gillen writes a fantastic everything. There is no plan. Kieran Gillen cannot do any wrong, really. I've never read a Kieran Gillen story. Where I've gone, that was fine. I always finish an issue he's written and go, that was fucking great. Don't call it Plan B. Plan B implies you only have twenty six plans. Is that a line? That's a line that Cyclops says. That's a great fucking line. Oh my god! That kind of character when people get hold of him. But I didn't have that concept of the character when I saw X Men Three. But even I thought that it was a really, really shitty way to treat the character. Yeah, like absolutely. But then it was kind of done pettily as well because James Marsden had gone off to be in Superman Returns. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because obviously Brian Singer was like, I like working with you, I've got a part for you in this if you want it. And he's like, okay. But if you want to see some good James Marsden, <clears> just go watch Westworld. Or Enchanted. Also Enchanted. Yes. Yes. I think yes. That, I think that's his best performance. I don't yes. mean in terms of like his ability, I just mean in terms of, it, you come away from it going, I love that yeah, guy. he's great. He's great in it. Um, X3 is a mess. Do like yourself, don't you, sire? What's not the like? (laughs) (laughs) Said completely Um, without any smugness. Like, just said as like, yes, I'm, I'm pretty great. Um, (laughs) X-Ray's terrible. (laughs) It, like, takes, it it does that, it does that thing a lot of bad comic book movies do where it takes a lot of things it thinks the fans want to see and balls is the more. Well, it takes the Colossus moment from X2. Yeah. And does it 18 times by going, Oh, you see that um, that Asian mutant who she's sort of like throwing some light stuff from her hands, kind of. That one time, that Psylocke. Oh, do you see uh, see the guy who's throwing spikes out of his body? Yeah, he's like Spike from X Men Evolution. You liked him, right? Well, that's Spike. There he is. But we'll call him Marrow in the credits, even though it's not Marrow. Um. Oh, oh there's loads of that shit. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. You're what, sorry? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. You're a what now? I'm an ascended meme. I'm a meme. I am become film. But I am meme. I am meme. I become meme. Um, the destroyer of worlds. It was just not good. That is the first example of a meme crossing into... You got Kelsey Grammer to play Beast. Now, that, that, that continues their tradition of occasionally knocking the casting out of the yeah, park. Yeah, and then they just... Fucking do nothing with him. Nope. It's all. Oh, it's such a waste. Such a waste of great casting. Magneto becomes a 80s uh, action film villain pun machine. Yeah. Yeah. Although we get some... Again, McKellen brings what's needed to it. But the problem is, the most interesting thing in the third movie isn't the main focus. They make Phoenix the main focus. When the focus should really be on Magneto in his quest for, you know, justice against um, Homo sapiens, becomes Hitler. Yeah, he becomes Hitler. It's about purification, and he, which obviously is powerful because the first scene of the first X Men movie, which is a bold fucking choice, is him and his family being moved into the concentration camps, mm-hmm. and it's like my god, something which... which they then play on in first class. Again, to a brilliant degree. Yeah, I like First Class a lot. Um, I think he does a lot of stuff right. And, and and that's what's really odd about The Last Stand is that they only touch on it, on, on that being something that affects him, when he just sort of sees the destruction and everything amidst the fight and he goes, well, what have I done or what have we done or whatever. And it's like, no, that should have been your main point. Your yeah. main plot yeah. should have been Eric being... put Like, Magneto should have been the main character of The Last Stand and then it would have been an infinitely better movie for it. Oh, they had to get that phoenix in there. But it's not the Phoenix, son. No, they, they just really fuck it up. And again, Hugh uh, Jackman doesn't get to do. No one in X Men Three gets to do much, like of note. It just happens. It just occurs. And spoilers for X Three: the end moment where Wolverine for an eleven-year-old movie. Yeah, <laughs> where Wolverine finally kills Dark Phoenix. You know, she's pl- she's begging with it, with it, with him to be put out of her misery, to be stopped. And he kills her, and it's supposed to be this big emotional moment. It's just like, you don't care. Oh no, your didn't actually yeah. get to become fuck buddy yeah. is sad for some reason. It should have been Cyclops killing her. <clears throat> you already killed her Cyclops out of pettiness. Oh like, god. 
Yeah, it's just... I didn't even realise that's why they killed him. It's basically just to go, well, if you're working with Brian over at Warner Brothers, then... Uh, Fuck you, buddy. I guess we only need you for three days. They do it off-screen as well. Yeah, he doesn't even get, like, It's just... It's really shitty. Does Charles have to die in that movie? No. No, he doesn't. But he does. But he does. And then, and then he's resurrected in someone's body post-credits. And then and then we get into... As we move into the other movies, we get into the... The tricky realm of movie continuity in the X-Men universe. Just don't. Just no. don't. No. Don't. Well, that's the thing. Days of Future Past does something where you could then go, oh, well, I guess everything post X2 didn't happen. But it still makes no sense. But then there are certain things in Days of Future Past that contradict stuff. That, and then in Apocalypse, they make more contradictions that fuck it up. Yep. And they're continuing to do so. Yep. Caliban is in Logan. Caliban is also in X-Men Apocalypse. They are played by very different actors. Yeah. It's like... The Moira McTaggart Very different paradox. portrayals as well. It's like, why? There's a Moira McTaggart who's a doctor on Muir Island in mm-hmm. X3. Yeah. And there's a Moira McTaggart who's a CIA agent in the 60s in First Class. <sighs> we'll get to First Class in a second. Because First Class is, for the most part, as a film, a great film. I don't think we need to do talk much about First Class because no. he's barely in it. Well, that too, yeah. Um, so, First however, class. one that he is unfortunately in, oh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, or as I like and to call it, Afterbirth on film. This was supposed to spawn a sub-franchise. Well, th- well I think this was going to be the franchise, wasn't it? Yeah. After X3's reception, they were like, right, what we'll do is we'll take your favourite Because they were going to do a Magneto we'll, movie. Magneto, well. was, uh, Magneto, I think, got as far as being written. Like it was I written. Think, I think what they had. And McKellen had talked about it. He said, like, yes, yeah. we're going to be doing it. And but I think they I, the way they were doing it, it was. The way they were going to do it was he would. Well, definitely part of it because I think McKellen revealed in an interview once that the plot was going to be. Uh, it was going to be two parallel stories. Mm. One set in present day and one set in Magneto's 20s. So that would be the origin side. It was about him following up on something. That stuff clearly was put into first class. Yeah. As Magneto's plot for the first, um, Eric Lynch first half of the film. Hunter. Yeah. Oh, which is the best thing in the world. I would have watched that movie. I, I mean, I, you can just edit those like four scenes together <laughs> and watch, watch this 15 minute masterpiece. Yeah. Ah, uh, Bitsburger. Um, so yeah. He, yeah. So, uh, X-Men Origins Magneto, I know there was talks of Gambit. If the Gambit scene proved popular, they yeah, wouldn't do Gambit. The, the, the Gambit. Stuff has gone as goes back pretty fucking far. Yeah, because he was a big deal in the nineties. Gambit is to Fox what Venom is to Sony. They really there is really an exec somewhere who's like, but this is this is the popular character, and everyone else is going. It was the popular character when we first got the rights. Please like, stop. stop, stop. Please stop. The only thing that's keeping the old school Venom like design and everything alive is animated adaptations. And even now, the animated adaptations have gone further and moved on to Agent Venom. Um, Gambit is barely in anything anymore. I I saw a comment from an exec. Toys, animated series. Gambit's gone. Gambit got pushed out of his own UK book by Deadpool. Well, they Because they were like, the the sales of this book aren't going anywhere. We've got Wolverine and Gambit. That Deadpool's doing well. Let's just start putting that in instead. And that, I, don't, I don't think they got to the end of the Gambit run they were printing. I think they just went, we're at the end of the arc. Yep. Here's Deadpool. The next issue's yeah. called De- Wolverine and Deadpool. Because no and, one cares about and Gambit. And the sales shot up. Yeah. Because at this point, everybody who cared about Gambit was paying mortgages and feeding their kids. They yeah. were not weekly readers of this no book one, anymore. No one cares about Gambit. I don't get it. 
I get the basic fascination with him. He's 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 that slightly rebellious bad boy character. He's freaking Spike from Buffy. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's it's that kind of thing. Is it's the the slightly like oh no he's he's off limits he's off limits like don't don't be romantically involved with him don't bring him in under the team like he's off limits yeah and that's sort of part of the appeal but like that was sort of a thing that the 80s and the 90s popular culture liked couldn't give a fuck about that now. no no which is why Wolverine's enduring popularity is quite impressive because he was sort of that in a way yeah yeah and and but his was more the spectacle the visual of that's a dude with knives in his hands cutting well, people up. When we get this to, looks great. When we get to talking about the stories in the comics, we'll get to why Wolverine's such an enduring character, I think. Yeah. Well, um, um, so let's get posted in these movies because I want to talk about some books. X-Men Origins sucks dick. It's, it's awful. Terribly written, awfully it. directed, ugly special effects. But again, it does that thing the X-Men movies do so annoyingly well, which is it has a couple of things that are fucking great. Like what's great in this? The casting of Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson. Oh yeah, for the first in that op- in, yeah, in that yeah. in that early segment where you see Task Force X, as they're called, I believe, which is kind of ironic. Um, what X? They're called something. They're called like Task Force. The video game's pretty good. No, you know, the video game's great, and you know why? Because it sort of uses the story of the movie as its spine, yeah. and then does its own thing. Um, got a bit bland around the Incan Temple bit, though. I was just like, I, just, I mean, I'm just hit. I'm just hitting the same combo on this giant statue boss mm. thing. I'm bored now. I want to cut people to pieces. <laughs> anyway, what else did we Wolverine Origins um, do that was good? Casting away Wilson. Um, the casting of Leave Schreiber as Sabretooth. Yeah, right. He's having a ball. Um, and what's the other bit I'm thinking of? Uh, the opening titles. <laughs> Logan and Victor. Oh, going through, like, it shows yeah, you them yeah. through conflict yeah. growing up, going yeah, through right. stuff. It's beautiful sequence. And I can imagine that sold the movie alone. Like, they probably, you know, like showed that to an exec early on. They're like, how's it coming along? We've already finished this. That's amazing! Mm-hmm. I need not oversee this ever again. Continue doing this excellent work. Because, you know, it's not like they're going to make any stupid decisions. Like, the blob is... His mutant power is he's strong. He's just really fat. As opposed to his mutant power being like that accelerated mass, meaning mm. accelerated force, and, and he's immovable. He's, in a, he's a literal immovable object. And we're going to give Will I Am a role as a teleporter. Oh, and Gambit's going to be played by Hollywood's favourite person to fuck over, Taylor Kitsch, the Sam Worthington of Sam Worthington's period. <laughs> they tried to Sam Worthington Taylor Kitsch while Sam Worthington was still Hollywood Sam Worthington. Let's and it talk, didn't work. Let's not talk about X-Men Origins Wolverine anymore. It's really no. bad. X-Men First Class? Go fuck yourself. That's Great cameo. Say. Pissed ourselves in the cinema yeah. watching that, if I recall. Yeah. That was great. Um, then we get the Wolverine. I dig the Wolverine. I've not seen the Wolverine. The Wolverine is kind of cool. And I think for an upcoming episode, I think we might have to sit you down and watch it. Because the okay. Wolverine's pretty solid for the first near two-thirds. Yeah. And then it goes into 2000s comic book movie territory. Yeah. You get a CGI villain. There's a subplot with another villain who is... Uh, astoundingly, she's sort of avoiding copyright. She's called Viper, but a lot of her look, design, and stuff is closer to Madame Hydra. Yeah. But she's a mutant called Viper. There is a character called Viper in X-Men. In, in Marvel Comics, isn't there? I believe... I believe Madame Hydra has gone by Viper. On, that's, on the, the that's, that's what I'm thinking. 
but not a mutant. Like no, no she's not a mutant. She's 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 like Black Widow, basically. She's sort of like maybe, incredibly skilled yeah. agent with Nazi and high Maybe she, maybe they're a member of the Serpent Society called Viper, possibly. Um, I think she's been a member of the Serpent Society at some point, as, in terms of utilizing them yeah, as, yeah. As, a, as a as a force. Um, but yeah, so like she's in it and she's sort of uh, and kind of pointless. There's some fantastic Japanese actors who aren't really given a lot to do. Mm. Equally, there are some who aren't as fantastic who've got a lot more to do. The opening sequence, again, is amazing. It's like at Hiroshima. It's it's this powerful, scary sequence where him, the soldier and him like get in this well and they pull the manhole cover off the top. And like he holds it down. You see him holding it, pulling it down as the explosion's going on. And obviously it's a nuclear blast that he's blocking as much of it as he can, but it's like skin on his arms and hands and still, still peeling and burning uh. away. It's great. Like, it's really cool. There's some really nice action. For the first time, there's a threat level because he doesn't have a healing factor. His healing factor gets cancelled out. And they do mm. play on... They, 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 there's a lot of... James Mangold takes his time showing off, like, how scary being mortal is to Logan. Like, he's not freaking out, but through you, Jack, just allowing you, Jackman, to emote with his face... You can see that Logan is really off off his guard. Like he's really off balance. Um, some really nice sword fighting. There's some ninjas that are obviously meant to be the hand, but aren't the hand for copyright reasons. Um, but the look of them is very the hand, and the weapons are very the hand. Uh, right down to like hooks with chains and stuff. Um, it's pretty great. At the end, post credits scene, pre credits scene. She gives him a suit because she wants him to take care of himself, like sort of a gift, kind of a, 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 a samurai armor of his own in a way. Yeah. And he opens the case, and there is a cowl. It's the Tannen Brown costume. No. No. Yeah, it is. No. Blue and yellow. It's not blue and yellow. It's, it's blue. It's blue and yellow, fam. Because it's the one in the comic books in Logan. It, it, it is Tannen Brown. You're Tannen Brown. It's Tannen Brown. You're Tannen Brown. Uh, carry on. I'm You're Biff Tannen Brown. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. You just want it to be Tannen Brown. It's Tannen Brown, it's Tannen Brown motherfucker. If it is Tannen Brown, I'll be really upset because Tannen... my memory's screwing it, It's me Tannen Brown because it's like the one that he wears in the Miller and Claremont story that, that the Wolverine takes inspiration on but then completely fails to adapt. You don't know if it does that. You've not seen it. It, it does. It does fail to adapt. Yeah, exactly. But, but it, 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 it uses it. It uses the Miller and, and Claremont Wolverine stuff in the same way that Batman, very Superman, Donna John, disused Dark Knight Returns. Like it, it goes. If we can make this look like it, then we've won. Do you know what I mean? Um. So yes. But the Wolverine, X Men: Days of Future Past, a movie I think we all really enjoyed when we first watched it. Then we all went home, thought about it, and went, "No, it's not that great, actually." All right, it's black and yellow. No, no, that's brown. I'll give you brown. Look at that. Look at the gloves on that picture. I think that's just the highlights. Oh, okay. But that's yeah. the costume he's wearing in the comics, in Logan. Uh, well, in that, they've gone for blue. Uh, yeah, maybe. That's why I'm thinking of blue, then, I guess. But it was like, oh, there's a suggestion that... There's a post-credit scene for the Wolverine. He gets stopped at the metal detector at the airport, and then everyone freezes, and then... Xavier appears and he's like, the hell? And he's like, yes, we need you. And then Magneto's like, yes, we need you. And Logan's like, the fuck? And we all go, how's Xavier alive? And then we never find out. Nope. Um, Days of Future Past, a very well-made movie. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a well-made movie. You've not seen the road cut. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, um, that's bad. Well, the, again, the opening, brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watching the Sentinels murder the X-Men. It's like, this is horrible. Um, this is horrible. Horrible. Uh, really nice getting the gangs back together from both versions of the franchise. Um, 
you get to see how good some of those actors are and how sort of eh some of the others are. Um, Jennifer Lawrence couldn't give a fuck. Nope. And that really sucks. Bolivar Trust played by Peter Dinklage. Pretty cool. But continuity fucking up again. Um, Wolverine made the focal point of the movie. Kind of a shame. Yeah. But at the same time, when you've got Jackman, you know you you know you're in safe hands. So safe. without him, we might not have enjoyed it as Strong, much. Strong, hairy-knuckled hands. I don't think we'd have enjoyed the movie as much without him. Probably not. Because we just like watching him. But I didn't. I haven't. The I, the times I've watched it since first watching it, I didn't. I expected to hate it going in. When he wake, when, when he wakes up in the past in the bed of yeah, the mob right. boss's daughter, and then just has to take all the guys out. That is pretty that's great. Right. But I, the, when I first watched it at the cinema, not expecting to enjoy it. I really enjoyed it, and then when I've watched it again since, I've not enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much been my story with it just, as well. It's not. Yeah. That sums it up. And I haven't seen the next one on my list. Oh, again, though, another great scene, the Xavier's meeting. Yeah. McAvoy and Stewart, it's played really nicely. But, but we're talking about Wolverine, yeah. damn it. Are we? Yes. yes. Because X-Men Apocalypse, he ain't in. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, he fucking is. Because the story has nothing to do with him. But then briefly, Stryker, the third version of Stryker now, yeah. takes them in because the events of Wolverine's origin of Weapon X happen differently now. They happen in the 70s to the 80s between the end of Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. He's all feral. He's got no memory and he's already got the skeleton. Does he have a nose? He's being kept... He does have a nose. And he's being kept in a big, like, cage. And Jean lets him out as a distraction when they're being, like, pursued by the soldiers and security who are coming to kill them on site. She lets him out because she can feel that he's scared. Is he wearing like a tra- big he's helmet scared and circuitry? He's wearing a big-ass helmet. He's got wires sticking out of him. He's in little pants. And so it's again, like a Weapon X. As, again, as far as comic book accuracy goes, it's very cool. It's like the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X stuff. It's really yeah. pointless. He's about to kill them, like, or at least attack them after he's taken everyone else out. And she sort of, like, looks at him and has, like, a moment. She sort of reaches into his head and calms him or whatever. And he looks scared. He turns to the door and he runs out of it. And they painstakingly make sure it looks exactly the same as the door in the flashback flashes that he has in X2, you know, into the mm. snowing. Which is weird, because... No, that's right, isn't it? In X2, you see him running down the tunnel covered in blood going, ah! Oh, but then he runs out of that door um, in the flashes. It's only really quick. In X-Men Origins Wolverine, they changed it because he runs out of the pipe into the waterfall. They, they just do all sorts of shit. Right? Um, there's no need for him to be in X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, there was. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. To sell tickets, that's why he was in it. Oh, God. Point is, this character has had a long-ass film lineage already. He'll probably get recast one day. Whatever. He'll he'll be recast next week. But we'll get to that, because we've got some questions we'll look at in a bit that that we'll uh, touch on that. So, yeah. Let's talk some stories. For those of you who read comics or don't read many comics or whatever, we're going to drop some... Drop some fiction on your ass. Some Wolverine stories that are worth a peek at. Matt, our resident Wolverine expert, not just because he's read more Wolverine stories than me, but also because he can actually grow sideburns. What is the first story that comes to mind for you? Dear sir! Wolverine by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. The fuck? Narrow it down, son. It was is the, it a run? It was the first Wolverine solo story. It's a four-issue miniseries. That cover, orange background, him with a neckerchief, and he's sort of like, yep. he's sort of doing like a come here gesture yep. to the to the reader. Uh, it is, I say, it was a four-issue limited series. 
it was when he, he would been appearing in Uncanny X Men and become really, really popular as a character. So um, he'd been around for about seven years at this point. First appeared because he first appeared in, 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 as an X Man in the early seventies, wasn't it? Yes, seventy five. Seventy five. Giant size X Men number one. X Men was around the sixties. He'd appeared before. Eventually, that, was cancelled because they were just like, "This isn't selling anymore." It wasn't cancelled. It became a reprint title. <clears throat> so oh, okay, it was a reprint title, and then. Um, Chris Claremont got hold of it and was like, "Okay, I want to do. I want to make a fresh start. Giant size X Men. Uh, no, it wasn't Chris Claremont. It came after that. Actually, I tell a lie. It was. Um, but they did. It wasn't Chris Claremont. It was. Uh, but they did Giant size X Men number one, which introduced a new team. Yeah. X Men, which is Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Nightcrawler, uh, Banshee, uh, Banshee, and Thunderbird. Yes. Um." And it was a more, it was like an international, more varied team of misfits. Uh, they got sent on a mission to rescue the original X Men, and then the, the, the original. So X-Men it's literally edition. a passing of the torch. Book. Yeah, yeah. And then they took over. <clears throat> and then X Men became Uncanny X Men, and it was no longer a reprint title. It was now new stories. New stories. But it was, the, the X Men wasn't cancelled. It became a reprint title, and then started printing new stories again. Yeah. Um, Wolverine was a major part of the cast became incredibly popular he had Mystique people didn't know who he was he just went by the name he didn't even not to be confused with Mystique no he had Mystique but not Mystique Mystique had popped up by the that time. happened later in a really creepy way uh, she at has, least twice she has so many shows um, <laughs> so he pops up uh, doesn't be, for a while he just goes by the name of Wolverine um, uh, da, da, da. he became a really popular character all the way through Things like the Daphne Saga and things like that. Um, and then he finally got his own solo limited series. Um, it's just a four issue mini. It was published in 82, uh, December, September to December of 1982. And it tells the story of Wolverine taking a sabbatical from the X Men, traveling to Japan to try and uh, win the hand of Mariko Yoshida, who is a powerful uh, a Japanese noblewoman and, and, the, and the daughter of. Um, Shinjin, who is a, a, a Japanese crime lord, um, and he has to try and prove his worth and prove that he's not he's more than just an animal. Hmm. So he can, uh, but then he gets there and he finds mm-hmm. out that Mariko's already married. She's like an arranged marriage that's been forced into, and then he ends up um, being framed for her husband's murder, and he has to go on a run. And then he meets Yukio, who's an assassin. And she's got a thing for him. They start a relationship, hmm. and then, but yeah, kind of, but then he's like, I have to face the beast inside me and prove that I'm I'm more than that and prove that I'm a man. And it's kind of where you get into the like, sort of... So the, the, the first time where these books have kind of touched on the idea yeah. of his feral. Yeah. Because prior to this, of... the X-Men touched on that. The first time we met the character, which I'll talk about next, yeah. he wasn't a feral beast. No. Like, no. It, there wasn't any play on, like, this guy is more animal than man. No, no, no. This is where they start to, to, toy, in, to toy into this because he had no backstory. No. So they were like, we're going to give him some. We're going to talk about what makes him tick. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh God, I, I didn't realise that it was like that late in the game. He always just, you got, he feels like a character who's always been part of that yeah, franchise, but yeah. he isn't. He's part of the second he, version. He became iconic. Yeah. The X-Men weren't the popular, like, juggernaut characters. The 90s was know. the heyday, really. It, it, well, it? We, that the, was we, when they exploded. It, the 80s was the heyday. Okay. Coming off the back of the, the late seventies and the and the giant size X Men and the all new all different X Men team, right? Yeah, that was what made them popular. It was a locomotive original, that never stopped. The original one of the X Men was fine. People didn't really care. I think it ran for about. It had a, it had a big audience 
in terms of of how did its initial epic it, died it, off? It, it had it had a very big gay audience because they were seeing uh, comparisons yeah. with I themselves. I think that came in the seventies though. No, well, yeah, it grew, but I remember yeah. I remember Stanley saying in the sixties he got letters from oh, readers okay. who like sort of felt like outcast because of their sexuality. And this book was making them feel like, no, stand up for who you are. Mm. Like, it's important to do that. Don't hate people for not getting you. Try to make them understand. If they don't, that's fine. It's their loss. And, and, and which is part of the reason why Brian Singer, like, wanted to direct the movie so bad. Because he was like, this is a story I want to tell because I see how it can... And that's why, that's why Ian McKellen said yes to it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sure. And then Brian told him about this and he went, okay, I'll do it. Okay. Um, but like, but so, but by this point, Wolverine has become the star of what is now becoming one of Marvel's rock star books. Yeah, and he's he's the front man, basically. Yeah, things to look out for in the story, reasons to seek it out. It's the start of uh, like the, the, it's where they first come up with the, uh, explore the idea that Wolverine's sort of obsessed with the Japanese samurai culture. Yeah, and sort of sees himself uh, sees that as a way to discipline himself and better himself. <clears throat> it's what he aspires to yeah. be. Yep. Yeah, it's got awesome art by Frank Miller. It really is a definitive book for the character, um, in terms of like letting you know who he is and what he's about, because it's all narrated by him. Yeah, uh, you get you all get into his, his head in a monologue. Yeah, he's not um, just grunting and reacting to the characters. Yeah, in a way that you haven't really <clears> done <throat> in the main X Men title up to that point. Is it true that in in the early like Jonathan's X Men Uncanny X Men everything like he didn't speak much? At first, he just sort of was like grunted and reactive. He did speak, but he was he was he's always very standoffish and surly. Yeah, he didn't open up until later on when Kitty Pride came into it, um, and he sort of became quite protective of her. And that's the theme that's continued as he's always had. He's become sort of an uncle, sort of surrogate father figure for a lot of the young female X Men. So starting off with Kitty Pride, Kitty Pride, Jubilee. Jubilee. Uh, the movie's sort of made Rogue the... Yeah, they do that with yeah. Rogue, and he's, he's he's friendly with Rogue in the point but they haven't had that relationship. Later on with Armour in the Joss Whedon run, then with his own clone, who he actually adopted as his daughter legally, yeah. or a kin X-23. Uh, she's his legal daughter in uh, in the comics. Um, things like that. So he's, he, he's sort of ha- had that relationship with those members of the X-Men. Um so it's so it doesn't really touch on that stuff in this particular mini, but that was stuff that's in the X Men title at the time. Um, but yeah, that's it's really worth picking up four issue limited series. Rather annoyingly, whenever they do like the complete Wolverine collections, like you know they do the epic collections now, where they collect a character's complete run, yeah, in like new volumes and they're like filling the gaps. They always start with the nineteen eighty eight solo ongoing. Which is also Chris Claremont written, but was penciled by John Buscema. So yeah. it, they always leave out those first four solo issues. That's the one on the front cover is him in the brown and yellow costume going, ah, like shouting, screaming. No, that's that's, a... that's usually the Miller and Claremont one. Right, okay. Um, the Because the 88 Miller and Buscema one is him in Madripoor. Right. So it's when he's... When he's not Paddy X, when he's, he's, he's like black. Playing black costume, no mask. Incognito. Oh, he's not Patch yet. Patch exists in that run. Yeah. Uh, Patch uh, becomes a thing in that run. Um, but, yeah, like... The, uh, the that guy... Of... That guy 
That guy looks like Wolverine. He can't be Wolverine. He no. has an eye patch. Oh, you're right. But the, the, that hair. Um, but the, the um... that guy with the match. He looks like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but he's got a match. Oh, you're right. I guess he can't be Bruce Wayne. The cover of issue one of the Wolverine ongoing, the first one of the Wolverine ongoing that you're probably familiar with is um, the is him on top of a, basically a pile of bodies with his claws out. Yes, and, like black. Black vest costume, yeah, no mask. <clears throat> that's the that's the ongoing series. That's his first ongoing series. Ran for like well over a hundred issues until they got a volume two in like the in sort of like the mid nineties. He's done well, hasn't he? He's done pretty fucking well. He did good, didn't he? Um, but yeah, go on. You talk about our story. Uh, not sure if you're able to get this in print, but I'm sure digital would be available somewhere. We're heading way back when. I've only ever read this the once, but it's the Incredible Hulk issue 181. Oh yeah, I've read this. I've... You can get it and in also 100, 180. I think I got it in a UK reprint at some point. It was it was either in Essential X Men or in it might have been in Mighty World of Marvel, I know when... which was a great book when that first started in the yeah. UK. The the the, the two thousands Panini version where it was just like his three issues every his three issues every issue. The first one is part of a big event or a random mini series. Yeah, another one is Daredevil seventies run. Another one is Hulk sixties run. Enjoy. It's like. Oh, I know you can, you can definitely get it because you know when um, <laughs> I've got a few of them when, when uh, I'm standing in the news just going oh! <laughs> um, they did the part work like you will tomorrow for them Mr. Johnson <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I'm down in Devon the part work style series like the <laughs> Marvel graphic novel collection yes. and Marvel, Marvel's yeah. Mighty Heroes and DC have got one now and the Transformers one which is a weird choice yeah, and it's a Star Trek one but yeah Marvel were the first one to do those and, but the second series of those the Marvel Mighty Heroes each volume is uh, a, like a great, like iconic story from that character. Yeah, and their first appearance. Nice, like so a back Wolverine right, yeah. volume is Get Mystique. Okay, which is yeah, like red. and incredible one eighty two. So um, I was just say because yeah, he's in he's in one eighty. What the whole story is those three issues, but he's in. Oh, is it two issues? It's two it, issues. It's. Two with Wendigo, but then uh, part of the plot runs into 82, which is a story with Crusher Creel. But um, yeah, so it's a Wolverine cameo at the end of 180. Basically, Hulk's out in the... um, It's not Himalayas, but somewhere similar. He's out in the tundra. It's Canada. That's Of course it's Canada. Why why would it not be Canada? It's the debut of Wolverine. Department Um, H. Department H dispatched their agent, the Wolverine, to take care of the Hulk. And instead, he ends up in the middle of a battle with Hulk and Wendigo. Um... This is the first appearance of Wolverine. All we know is he's a mercenary, possibly he's brought in by a company. Ops, yeah. yeah, like brought in by a company who we think are military, but obviously later on we learn it's more science because I think we discover later this isn't Weapon X. It's a comp- It's someone he gets with after that, isn't it's it? It's Department H, which is like yeah. Canada's Shield. Yeah, it's Canada's government. But because like, I remember, I remember, I remember there's a later story where he finds out they had ties to Weapon X. And he oh yeah, the trade. yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh shit. Department um, H is like the government department that funds Alpha Flight. Yes. Yes. Like oh yeah. god, freaking Alpha Flight. Because it wasn't um, supposed to be part of Alpha. Alpha, Alpha Flight. Flight. Man. No, Alpha. Not in the company. Like, the, the Department H wanted Wolverine to, to like lead Alpha Flight, and then he was like, nah, fuck this, I'm going with this ball guy in a wheelchair, and we're going to go save some X Men from a living island, because that's yeah. the thing that happened in the comic books. Um, Comics are weird! Yeah. So essentially, Wolverine's not the main focus. He's sort of the, the the villain of the week in a way. He's not a bad guy, mm. but obviously he's against the Hulk. His book you're reading, um, 
it's just such an odd thing to read, knowing what we know now. Yeah, he's very he's very short in it. He's very abrasive. He's, he's still a bit grumpy and a bit thingy, which but is it, you know classic Wolverine. But he's not like you know oh the hell with this. Like he's not smoking cigars because thing. He's not he's not you know being the Wolverine we know and love. There's a hint of that, but he's there to do a job. The costume's really odd to look at. It's that weird kind of yellow bandana with sort of almost black eyebrows flicking out whiskers. He's got whiskers He's on got the costume. He's got whiskers on the costume. Um, the, the torso of it's pretty much the same as it would be then be for the next like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mask's different. His claws are drawn quite short and curled. Um, because I guess what happened was they just went, uh, oh, I've a with the Wolverine. That's an animal, isn't it? Like, you can imagine Basically, that in the forest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What colour Wolverines? Oh, who gives a fuck? Make him yellow. Yeah. All right. Give him little pants. You're like, Wolverines famously don't wear. Okay, fair enough. I love the blue and yellow. It's just such an odd choice. It's so weird. But, yeah. but then it naturally slotted into the X-Men. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. oh, fair enough. I, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if they had designs at that point on doing more with the character. I think he was probably thought up with an idea to make him... A character, yeah. Probably, a, probably a recurring. I'd have to, probably a recurring character in Hulk. I'd have to I imagine. I think he was probably always destined for the X Men. I'd have to look it up though. But what a weird thought that he debuts in Hulk. Yes, and a not not a bad story at all. It's Hulk in full sort of like man hurt Hulk kind of mode. Yeah, yeah. So if you can stomach that, because a lot of people find that really annoying. If you can stomach that, and you want to see some stuff with the Wendigo drawn pretty freaking great, yeah, like the creepy good. shit. Wendigo's decent. Though. If you can't be asked to track down the issues and read it, if you've got Netflix, watch Hulk Versus and watch the Wolverine segment. If you can, skip into Hulk Versus and watch the Wolverine segment first, because it's the weaker of the two segments. Yes. But that's basically a very loose adaptation of that issue that turns into a Wolverine story about Weapon X. Yeah. It's also got Nolan North's first appearance as Deadpool, so it's worth watching for that alone. Mm. Um, and then rewind and watch the start of Hulk Versus, the Thor segment, which is... Fucking great. And also, of course, with all this stuff, if you want to read it, but you don't want to get the trades, it's all on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited if you want to pay the subscription fee for that, which is like, works out like a tenner a month or something. Um, that Marvel are really good about getting their archive stuff online, and you can, with Digital Comics Unlimited, you can read it all for a subscription. So it's a really good way to catch up on Marvel characters. So if you're wondering about where to find all this stuff, that's a good place to go if you don't want to get your, get the issues from Comicsology. What other issues uh, or stories should they try, Matt? This is a single issue, and Wolverine barely appears in it, but the moment in which he appears in it... Incredible Hulk 180. No, is so... I'll do the job. Next issue, introducing the Wolverine. It's so wonderful, Um, Ah. but it's not 616 Wolverine. It's Ultimate Wolverine. Oh, snap. And the book is Ultimate X-Men number 41. Okay. And it's a sort of a... It's part of a larger story arc called The New Mutants, which is about... Um, I, don't think, I don't think I got this far which, into Which is about, like, you know, the, the X-Men going after new and upcoming mutants. And it's about a young boy who wakes up one morning and he can't find his mum. And he starts and goes on his way to school and there's no one on the streets. And then he finally meets up with his mates and his girlfriend and they just dissolve in front of his eyes. And he's horrified. He runs off... He runs, got, runs off to the nearby mountains and hides. And Wolverine finds him. He sits down in, the, in this cave with his kid. He hands the kid a beer. And the kid's like, everyone I know, everyone I know is dead. I killed him. I, I, I didn't even do anything. And the Wolverine's just like, well, you know, you hit puberty. Your mutant power's activated. 
turns out your mutant power is to basically kill people who are, like dissolve people in in a in a certain radius with like acid or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the science. But um, you are a huge danger to people, and you're a huge danger to mutants. So uh, finish your beer. And then the story ends with Wolverine walking out of the cave alone the next morning. He kills the kid. Yeah. And that's the whole that's the whole story. The kid basically goes, Yeah, I can't do this. Wolverine goes, Alright, close your eyes. Yeah. Basically. I think the actual line is like, finish your beer, kid. And that's it. Then oh it, god. And then, and then it ends with him walking out of the cave the next morning. It's brilliant. That is so good. Like I say, it's part of a last story app, but it works really well in isolation. That is so freaking good. It's a, it's a fan. Who wrote that thing. one? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I think it might be Brian <coughs> K. Vaughan's one, but I'd have to look. Um, I remember kind of enjoying Ultimate X-Men. It, it's nowhere, because it had rotating writers and artists. Because Miller it started it, right? Uh, Bendis? No, Bendis was married to Spidey. Kirkman started, I think. Robert Kirkman. Might have been. Mr. Walking Dead. Um, Mr. Steel Yo Girl. Um, I don't know, maybe it was more. Memes. Miller back when he actually liked superheroes. <laughs> um, um, Ultimate X-Men's got some nice stuff in it. I think Mo- It was Bendis. It was a Bendis book. Oh, shit. Bendis written... Uh, God, he's good. David Finch pencils. Michael Brian Michael Bendis, as I like to call him, 95% track record. Na- yeah. Well... I'd argue he's done an, he's done a gigantic amount of excellent work compared to a small amount of bad work. In in the excellent work bracket, I'm also counting work that's aight. Work that's aight. You know, I would say he's only done a very minimal amount of what the hell are you doing work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um... He's a man who clearly loves telling stories. I know that much. Yeah, it was Matt Miller who started off. Did he kick it off? Yeah, because it was uh, the yeah. first story arc. It was Magneto and stuff. And I remember Wolverine's introduced really early on. Yeah, because he's, he's living in the Savage Land. He's a he's sent. He's a member of the Brotherhood. Yeah, he's sent by Magneto. Well, yeah, he, he's Professor not. X. He's not. Um, he's not an active member. He's like Magneto's secret weapon. Yeah, yeah. He he lives in the Swamplands, basically, just like killing. Reptiles yeah. and 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 fish and eating them and and mooching around occasionally I think coming in to use the bathroom. But he's still got <laughs> if, that if, whole... if, if he fancies yes. if, if he's feeling special and fancy he comes in to use the bathroom because very... in that like Genosha is the name of the building or the base. I think so yeah. in the Savage Land. Right, he's, um, he's also yeah. he's got a very similar origin to Six One Six Wolverine. Yeah, until later on you find out that the Weapon X program, which was an <laughs> attempt to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. Which created Wolverine, also created mutants in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, like mutants aren't an evil in the Ultimate Universe. Mutants aren't so a Wolverine thing. is the first mutant, sort of. Suck on that, Jemus. Um, That's how you do Wolverine as the first mutant. Not him living at the time of the primordial soup dude. in your stupid freaking book. Let's not. Let's, one day. Let's not talk about that one. One day. We will examine Marvel. We will do it one day because we hate ourselves and oh, alcohol no. needs an excuse to be drunk. Um, Finish your beer, kid. T- talk about talk about another X-Men. Okay. Uh, another Wolverine book. This one is a bit of a sprawling epic and again it was written back when Mark Miller liked superheroes. Yay! Enemy of the State. I've not read Enemy of the State. But when I'm saying like there's a lot of classic Wolverine stories that I've not read. Enemy of the State one of them. is basically the story I think that Daredevil season three on Netflix is going to base itself on. 
How so? Enemy of the State features so, the hand executing a plan that begins with them overwhelming and killing Wolverine. And then he wakes up. Wolverine is resurrected by the hand. Uh, Electrostyle. And as such, she... Well, and as such, is their soldier. And they begin very specifically targeted attacks on superheroes, people of influence, people in power in the military, using Wolverine as their bitch. Nice. And it is scary, because the thing is, Logan, in the back of his head, knows there's something wrong. But the way he's acting isn't, like, zombified. It's not like he's just walking around going, like, yes, I will kill them. And he's not, like, just silent. Like, he speaks mm-hmm. occasionally. And he's filled with hate. Like, he's he's horrible. It's basically like they've brought him back and gone, we're going to dial your absolute twattishness up to 11,000% and point you in a direction. See that person? Then, go. So, it's about various heroes trying to take him down. Various people trying to get him out of it, like, trying to get him back. It's like psychic attacks and everything. But ultimately, it leads up to the expert having to deal with him. What, you've got someone who's been killed and resurrected by the hand? Yeah. I guess I'll have to go and kill him. It, the later half of the series is Wolverine versus Electra. All right. And it is great. All right. It's chunky. If you want to borrow the physical one I've got, it's like, it's big. It went a lot longer than I realised. I think it's got a couple tie-ins as well along the way. Um, it's just, it's fascinating because it's it's not Wolverine the animal, but it's that raw power. This is what happens when he has no conscience. And go. Yeah. And it, it's fun to read. It's obviously when Mark Miller's delving into the whole, like, I wonder if superheroes can fuck each other up. Let's see. And then he did that. And then obviously he went on to do more and of that. And that's his all own. he's done ever since. Pretty much, yeah. Um... I do yeah, enjoy okay. I do enjoy the kick-ass books and I do like Nemesis. I know they're gratuitous, but Nemesis like is them. unpleasant. It is. But I knew that going in. I'm not saying in. I don't like it. I knew that going in. So I'm not like, saying okay. I don't like it, but it What if Batman deeply unpleasant was a murderer? And go. That's, that's the Mark Millar method. What if this was a this? And go. Yeah. <laughs> um Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. This one's more of an ensemble book, more of a team book. Mm. Um but Wolverine is such a focal part of it. He's the leader of the team. He's the driving force behind it. And it, the plots within it tie very closely in with the history of Weapon X and also with his family. And that's Uncanny X-Force by Rick Remender. Yes, motherfucker. I um, need to read this. It's you kept showing me glimpses of brilliant. this back in London. You kept going, look at this. Who's the team? Psylocke? The team is Wolverine. Wolverine. Archangel. Archangel. Deadpool. Deadpool. Psylocke. And... And Phantom X. Phantom X. Now, he was the one who you... No, is that Phantom X? Phantom X. The one who basically was written... He is... In the best way. He's sort of a parody of uh, a European comic hero called Phantomas, who's like a gentleman thief. This is, yeah, is, this is the one I was thinking of. He yeah. is one of the other weapon, <coughs> weapon, well, weapon plus. Mm. Um, so post Wolverine. Uh, well, no, because in Grant Morrison's New X Men, he goes with the idea that, wep- that weapon X wasn't weapon X, the letter, it was weapon X, the Roman numeral 10. Mm-hmm. And it's actually part of the weapon plus program. Weapon 1 was Captain America. Right, okay. And there's a whole list of weapons. 
I think Phantom X is like weapon 12 or something. Shit. Deadpool's like weapon 11. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's always been um, referred to as weapon 11 yeah. when, they, when they talk about that stuff. Um, so, it's... The Phantom X was another... was an, was another uh, output of the weapon of the Weapon Plus program. It's like got a, a central nervous system which becomes its own like biological shit and yeah. he's he can cast illusions on people as well as just being just cool. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's uh, uh, so. Uh, I do like Rick Remender. I'm familiar with Rick Remender is... um, because of his work on Venom. Yeah, uh, the Flash Thompson Venom, and uh, I read some of his Thunderbolts as well. He did Thunderbolts, didn't he? Yeah, when Venom yeah joined the Thunderbolts, it was that era. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he, he he's joined by. Uh, I think I read a volume of that, and I was like, "This is great." <laughs> He's joined by a couple, a few great artists through the run. Uh, I think around for like thirty-two issues or something. I think it's like seven trades or something like that. Um, uh, Jerome Jerome Pena does the first arc. Uh, you get Isad Ribic does a couple, a few issues. Phil Noto does the last arc, um, and it's just it's dark, dark yeah. stuff. It is. It deals with the legacy of Apocalypse. Okay. How Archangel fits into that? There is the the first arc is them going to murder the child clone of Apocalypse, who is the heir to Apocalypse. Yes, I know about this. And fuck, that's I mean, because yeah. it's the whole thing of like this is Apocalypse. But if I recall, the kid doesn't act like it doesn't really know. No, because it's that whole the whole the whole appeal of the book is. So you know these mutants you really like. Yeah, they're gonna go kill a child. Well, that was. That the this is a sequel to the X Force relaunch from two thousand and eight, where the X Force was resurrected by Cyclops as like a Black Ops team yeah. that like do whatever you have to do to protect the mutant the mutant society. Do shit off the book. Yeah, the off sort the of stuff. The, the sort of stuff the students can never know. We and do. that was like the original team, which was was like uh, Wolverine, X twenty three. Warbird, Warpath, Warpath. Uh, and Deadpool was involved. Uh, Domino. Domino, Domino, Deadpool wasn't involved in the original X Force. Oh, that's really confusing. Deadpool. I once bought a Marvel Universe figure pack which has Warpath, Wolverine, and Deadpool in that, those colours. That's weird. Maybe, they, they maybe, the maybe they just colours. maybe they just yeah, got Deadpool in it to sell the I pack. Think they just got mixed up. Um, but because then Uncanny X, we need to sell the shit. Put Deadpool in it. I think, okay. I think it's after <clears> Second Coming. Um, Cyclops is like, yeah, I can't do the X Force thing anymore. Wolverine, stop it! And Wolverine's like, yeah, okay. So, uh, Archangel, do you want to use some of your vast personal fortune to uh, fund this Black Ops squad that uh, Scott can't know about? Because we've got some shit that needs to get <coughs> done. Son. Also, uh, can we get some friends on board to to do this with us? Um, Wolverine, I can't allow this. In fact, I'm going to tell Scott. Okay, sorry, you're right, Archangel. Hey. Finish your bacon. <laughs> Finish your bacon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 That's, a great book. Um, it, it's like, going to be the new thing I say before I murder people. I, which I definitely do not do. It also the final arc also picks up on the conflict and gives a resolution to the conflict between Wolverine and his son Dakin. Flipping hell! Yeah, that yeah. guy. So that guy. That there's all that. It also brings that plot into it, and uh, yeah. That's 
Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about Dakin. I don't know whether I like that or not, but I read the majority of Dakin's introduction and the conflict between him and Logan. Because Logan's book See, not, for a very long time. Origin, wasn't it? Yeah. Which um, I've not read. Not to be confused with Origin, which we'll get to. But, um, which I've also not read. You've not read Origin? I've not read Origin. Interesting. Um, because I, I don't care about his origin. <laughs> well, keep in mind, this was the first... Look, do you know what? Sod Dakin. Sod Dakin for a box of soldiers. Let's Yay! talk about Origin. Origin. Um, origin was essentially them going for the first time. We're going to tell you exactly where he came from. Yeah. You're going to know his name. You're going to know what year he was born. You're going to get a sense of how old he is now. Origin is an odd one. Because on its own, it's kind of a great book. It's a period set story. It's sort of set toward the end of the 1800s, if I recall. Mid 1800s. Uh, yeah, it's towards the end of the Victorian era, yeah. Yeah, but uh, in America, so it's sort of, you know, colonial things like that. Well, Canada. The, uh, well, Canada. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, it, it, it's post Civil War because there's a lot of Civil yeah. War references and everything. And, uh, there's lots of fields and manor houses and, you know, cotton farms yeah, and all this yeah. stuff. But. You know, it, it's the landing gentry, and it's about the Howlets and their family, and the people who work for them on their grounds, and the relationships and illegitimate children that may or may not be part of coming out of living all together within this acre of land. The Howlets, the moon, giggity, hey! um, and it's about young James Howlett, sort of dealing with some very difficult family stuff around the same time that his body starts to go through changes, specifically... It's getting hair in weird places. No, 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 no. I mean, I thought they'd go for the hair thing, but I suppose they wanted to avoid the werewolf comparisons <laughs> too much. But, like, you know, obviously, obviously around that time in your life, you know... You start to get urges. You get urges, and you start to, like... You know, you start to sweat differently at different things. You start to sort of, you know, react different. Your heart beats faster at things it never did before, and... You do grow hair in unusual places, oh, and then six bones, faster, faster. like split out the front of your hands. You know, we've all gone through. That. Yeah, yeah, I, that was a real fucker for me. <laughs> you also learn about you learn about a guy called Dog. I don't want to say too much because I don't. I want you to read it. I want I, you to I, read I, it. I recently watched a back issues on Origin. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware shout, of that. Shout out for Comic Pop. And, Do check them out. They're and, very entertaining. And also... I read the Judge Dread Batman stories a couple of years ago yes, before a flight. Nice. I picked them up at Manchester Airport in a collected one. So when that episode came up this week, I was like, oh, I've shit! Never, I've seen, I remember seeing ads for a Judgment, come, judgment on Gotham. They are it, great. When it first came they out, sum it up perfectly. They're it. like, these um, aren't, these aren't grand epics you'll remember forever. They're just mental, and you'll have a lot of fun reading them. But anyway, Wolverine. Yeah. Um, My Holly so, in Cyprus was made a lot more creepy. Also, um, in some later Wolverine books, uh, which I don't think I'll get time to talk about today, but I'll talk about no. it another time. They, they, do, um, they do touch back on that, and specifically dog, on some people. Dog specifically pops up towards the uh, like mid, mid from the midpoint onwards of uh, Jason Aaron's run on Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. And comes back into play there. Because it's sort of suggested when you're reading Origin that Dog might be Sabretooth. Until you realise that no, Dog might be James's father. And then they play into that more. No, and Logan it's... is James's father. Well, based on Dog's appearance. Dog is Logan's son. Based on Dog's appearance. Hang on. No, no, yeah. hang on. Dog's the guy who works in the, the hut. No, Dog's his son. 
Wait, Wolverine's son? No. No, I was going to say Logan's that can't be right. Logan is in Logan... Got my brain. No, that's yeah. it. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Logan is the guy, yeah, yeah, who looks an awful lot like the Wolverine. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you start to think he's his dad, isn't he? He's his real dad. And yeah. It, it's the book. By the end of it, as you can probably tell from how I'm trying to sum it up, yeah. the book doesn't spell anything out. It doesn't go. This is exactly who's who's. Those relationships have been cleared up by some of the stuff I've they read play later. It later the and yeah. the follow-up origin two is actually not. I'm not, I'm not anything it's about, about Rose that. and Logan and they're uh, going through um, like travelling with a carnival and things like that and basically sort of trying to keep out of I think it, he, he finds them again because Origin sort of ends with him buggering off into the wilderness but Origin 2 ties it back in and Origin 2 focuses on him being an animal like he's a creature who needs to be tamed and it's set a few years after Origin it's it's a cube at drawing it. I mean, Andy or Adam? I'm not sure. Because whoever it is is that one who draws stuff. Where I'm like, well, something this in- panel's incredible. This panel's shit. This panel's incredible. But it's so well, like the coloring of these books is done in that sort of semi-painted look. I may have misunderstood, but I didn't think all of that cast survived Origin. You'd be surprised, my dear. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I know who you're thinking, but we'll see. Okay. Um, so uh, I didn't say necessarily whether or not they were alive in the second volume. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, um, just that they are present. All right. Uh, all right. So yes. Um, I guess there's one more we've got to talk about. Yes. Slap me with it, and oh. then tell me about the story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Old man Logan. Yes. I know only bits about this. Um, and I know um, that the film that we have definitely seen um, is the film that will be seen uses it uses the idea of Old Man Logan as its so, springboard. Like something horrible's happened. He's the quote unquote last one standing. Yeah. Something from his past is going to be involved in tracking so, him down. Old Man Logan is from the end of Mark Miller's run on Wolverine. Mm. Um, it's a separate tale. It's non. It's non-canonical. It's, it's one of it's, it's one of those. This is the possible last Wolverine story. It, it's an extended what if, yeah. basically. It, it's um, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, for Wolverine, which, which has now been brought into canon as a possible future in the Marvel universe yeah. after Secret Wars, and the Old Man Logan character has come into the main six one six universe to where Wolverine is dead, and he's acting sort of as a reluctant mentor to X twenty three. Who has become the new Wolverine? Yeah, um, but that's all by the by. The original Old Man Logan story, um, it, again written by Mark Miller. This is definitely a Mark Miller who's decided that he hates superheroes. Because yeah, because the the basic premise, the pre story, is that the X Men for some reason are fighting Mysterio. Oh, what it is is and so what happens is yeah, all the villains get together right and realize. You know, there's one way that we can take down all the heroes. That's if we all coordinate and attack heroes who aren't Switch used to fighting films. us. Yeah, which is which what? is also what the X Men, a group of incredibly powerful villains. Let's throw the illusionist with the fishbowl head at them. Ah, ah. Is it the other Mysterio, we'll the get, Mystic? No, no. One. We'll get to that. We'll okay. get to the Mysterio thing because there have been a few Mysterios now, and one of them has been like a blatant sorcerer but of some kind. Basically, Old Man Logan is set in a future. In which basically all the villains teamed up, switched heroes, switched heroes, wiped nearly everyone out. 
and then split up the United States between themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's like a blasted wasteland. It's Mad um, Max Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Wolverine, who now goes by Logan, has renounced violence. He lives with his wife and children on a farm mm. in the territory owned by the Hulk gang. Turns out Hulk went bad and he's become... And this is where I roll my eyes because Mark Miller is Mark Miller and Mark Miller is the worst. Um, the Hulk has basically fathered an inbred society of Hulks, of Hulk hillbillies. Yeah. With his cousin Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. I'm assuming she was reluctant in the inception well, of this no idea. she's seen in the story. Right. Um, but there's an awful lot of inbred Hulks. Right. And they're putting pressure So the on... hills have eyes... Hulk edition. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Which, again, like, as, as a as a grim, horrible alternate future story... Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Like, that's... That is grim and horrible. And the Hulk is a bestial thing. It, it would be like... I wanna, Eventually, he's going to be like, I want to fuck something. What can I fuck that won't break? Yeah. You're like me. It's horrible, but, again... It's... it's... It's I, I look at this as a self-contained, apocalyptic, this is horrible yeah. kind of story. In the context of Mark, of Mark Miller's uh, large body of work and his tendencies, though, it's a bit like, oh, this is just Mark Miller being gross because he thinks gross is cool. But either way, it's not It's not a deal-breaker because it works in the context of the story. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, so the Hulk gang are pressuring him for money and they're threatening his family. So Hawkeye, who's one of the other few surviving heroes, mm. although now blind, yes. comes to Logan and is like, yo... I've got this job. All I need you to do is to drive me from to the other end of the country so I can drop this thing off. Yeah. And Wolverine's like, uh, I'm not. I don't do that anymore. I don't. I haven't popped my claws in like 20 years. Just leave me alone. Apart from that one time when I got that buggy really far yeah, up my nose, right I just need to get up there. Um, and like, he's getting older. His healing factor's not what it used to be. A lot of it is, you know. Still, a healing it's, it's implying that like the older he gets, yeah, the sort of less, like all his healing factor will be putting all of its energy into just like, keeping him alive, sustaining. Because yeah, yeah. because there's implications in some stories that the healing factor is the only reason why he can. Well, it's the reason why the surgery was done on him. Yeah, but it's yeah. the only reason why he's still alive, having metal inside him, because his healing yeah. factor is constantly sort of keeping it from being infected and yeah. fucking with his Basically. his blood and everything. Um, so like all of his energy is essentially doing that at this point. So. He ends up going on this road trip across the country, driving a blind Hawkeye in the Spider-Mobile. I did not know that part. Yes. They're driving across America, across a post-apocalyptic America ruled this by... This is just Mad Max now. ...in the Spider-Mobile. Um, For those who don't know, the Spider-Mobile is a thing and should never have been a thing... Some writers have found ways to make it a fun thing to take the piss out yes, of. Yes, yes. Including, apparently, Mark Miller. Yes. Um, and it's Mark just... Miller. It's just a horrible future vision, and it's basically just... The whole thing is pushing at Logan, saying, like, when are you going to pop your claws? Mm. What is it going to take for you to break your pacifism? Yeah. Also, what got you into that position in the first place? Why did you? Why did you take this this vow of, of against violence? Yeah. What happened? Um, and of course, the events conspire to the fact that he eventually does pop his claws and go on a roaring rampage of revenge. A what? Um, a, a roaring rampage of revenge. Um, Revenge. Um, and of course, you find out that uh, again, minor spoilers for Old Man Logan. That what 
caused him to renounce violence and, and not pop his claws was the fact that when the villains did this big switcheroo, yeah. Spider-Man villain Mysterio, yes, the fishbowl head guy, um, I think he had some help as well, basically fooled Wolverine into thinking that all of the X-Men's enemies were attacking <laughs> the mansion at once. But of course, Mysterio was making Wolverine think that the X-Men yeah. were all the X-Men's enemies. So they were all basically So he tricked Wolverine attacking. into slaughtering his friends. <clears throat> yeah. And any retaliation that was happening was them trying to defend themselves. Yep. And he was just Well, he's like, he's sla- he, he, he cuts through him and there's like, there's a moment where he's, he's like slaughtering this. He's like, what? Why is this so easy? Yeah. And then he realises, oh, because I've just eviscerated Jubilee. Ah. Uh, fuck. And that kind of breaks him. Yeah. Um, well, like he's surrounded by the bodies of yeah, yeah. friends, loved ones. I can't remember both, exactly both, who it is, but both adult and child. And like, when he snap comes to his senses, one of them is still dying in his arms. And it's like, God, man. What? Uh, yeah, Mark Miller hates superheroes now. And all my Which is weird because if you, if you read 1985, he adores them. Yeah, well, he exactly. does have he does have and, it in him, and he's written some great superhero stuff. But a lot of his more modern output, I just feel it's just like Mark Miller hates superheroes. Um, but yeah, I that's Old Man Logan. It is Who else good. do we encounter? It is real good. Give um, us a tease because I know about one person. Um, talking of the Super Soldier Serum, like what it can eventually lead you to if you uh, live long enough for it to um stay in your system. Well, Cap's long gone. Right. But, um, his... Is he though? His, yes, he okay. is. Okay. But his, uh, his okay. costume is still in use. Okay. By the now President of the United States. Oh, shit. Um, that makes it so much clearer now in yeah, my head. Oh, my just, God. It's just another, uh, but he likes to wear the costume. Oh. Just as a little, this is as a, tro- as a wearable trophy. Oh. He likes to wear it. Oh, um, oh, because I've seen that. I've seen that illustration of a certain scarlet-headed you also, fiend. You also adorned meet, in his enemies. You also wardrobe. meet the daughter of Hawkeye and Peter Parker's daughter. So Hawkeye likes him young, <clears> apparently. Jesus. Um, so this is so these are Hawkeye got together Hawkeye's with Mayday Parker. I, it's not Mayday in this in this version. Okay. Um, <clears throat> his granddaughter. Either way, it's a descendant of Peter Parker and Hawk and Hawkeye. Right. Have a cross generation relationship, and they have a daughter who got he, he was running around with spider powers. So you meet them. <laughs> Christ. Um, there's a new Kingpin. There's a new Daredevil. Um, Ultron 8 is a better father than you ever were. Um, <laughs> if you've been, if you've been wondering about that t-shirt that they wear on back, on back issues that now and again, yeah. that's where that comes from. Okay. It comes from Old Man Logan. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there's an, there's an, there's an Ultron robot who is, who is stepfather to Hawkeye's daughter. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Mad Max meets the Marvel Universe. It's violent. It's nasty, mm. uh, but it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. And as Wolverine recommendations go, it's 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 a good one. It's a good one. Not so a that's a big chance. stack. That's a big stack of stuff for you to go have a look at. Go and look should. at it with your eyes. And there's so many more. 
What can I talk about? I can talk about Wolverine and the X-Men by Jason Aaron. I can talk about Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Also by Jason Aaron. Um, That's a great one as yeah. well, actually. Um, Astonishing X-Men, the Joss Whedon run. Yeah. Definitely worth it. Because it is in Torn where they all get that thing that basically makes them all behave completely differently. And, and Wolverine just becomes this, like, kid. adorable, like, young boy. But he becomes basically. James Howler again. He becomes, he becomes pre-everything yeah, James Howler yeah. and he's just really um, sweet and terrified by everything that's happening. Yeah, but there's, there's a lot of good X-Men stuff which, which features Wolverine very heavily. Things like Astonishing X-Men by mm. Joss Whedon. Things like... Um, new X-Men by Grant Morrison, especially the Assault on Weapon Plus arc. Um, again, the aforementioned Wolverine and the X-Men by Jason Aaron. Um, I'd, I'd recommend it for more modern comic book readers. I know, you might not know this, Matt. It's a little known fact, but we do have quite a lot of uh, people listen to our thing that, uh, like a TV show called Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, if you guys want to dip a toe, I would recommend picking up some of the Paul Cornell run. Um, because it's right you're familiar with, and also you know he's. It's not a bad run. It, the problem is it sort of has to wrap up at a certain yeah, point yeah, yeah. because of a certain event. Um, I would recommend the run before that again mm-hmm. by Jason Aaron. He's good at Wolverine. Is Jason Aaron? Jason Aaron gives um, good Wolverine, but particularly the first three arcs of uh, the former sort of trilogy of Wolverine goes to hell, Wolverine versus the X Men, and Wolverine's revenge. Okay. Which ends with a real gut punch of a twist. Um, Is it someone getting punched in the gut? No. Oh. No. Uh, but it's an, it, it's one of the things that leads to X-Men, that leads to, as, I, as we mentioned earlier, Wolverine turning around and going, yeah, I don't want to kill anyone anymore if I can help it. Yeah. Um, and for a little bit there, he's just like, I'm just not going to be Wolverine for a couple of issues <laughs> and see how that goes. I don't want to um, do that. I'm just something else. So yeah, so they're all they're all good picks. That's our recommended for, Wolverine. Wolverine. Terrible, terrible joke. Uh, we've had a couple of questions about X Men, so I thought we'd touch on these last before we right. wrap up. Okay. First one's from Ryan Joins. Ryan Joins wants to know who's our favourite mutant. So I'm guessing you're talking about Marvel Comics, not just like assuming that we know oh, people who are so many good ones mutated in some form. There's so many good ones. It depends, on, I suppose, on character and powers and yeah. stuff, doesn't it? It's got to be. I mean. For, for ages, I thought Xavier was my favourite mutant. So I realised mm. Xavier's a bit of a oh, dick. Oh, yes, he's an absolute dick. He's a horrible person. Yes, yes, he's he is. Not, he is not the lovely, kindly uh, Patrick Stewart version. He's not the rebellious and, and, and fun James no. McAvoy version. He is He's no. a dick. Um, oh, God, man, that's a tough one. Probably Magneto. Because of the, the sort of the wealth of stories and stuff they've done with him. in the last few years where they've made him more of a conflicted mm. character. And he's been trying, not trying to be a hero, but being on the hero's team. He's not a villain anymore, although he's certainly ruthless. Yeah. He's a much more complex character than he used to be. Um, and he's very more interesting because of it. His recent solo series by Colin Bunn, uh, that led up to Secret, that ended with Secret Wars, was uh, very interesting in that respect. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think my needle's a good pull. I'm, I see there's loads of really obscure mutants that I really love, <laughs> like that just don't pop up in books anymore. People like Chamber from Generation X, or um, well, your boy Phantom, my, my boy Phantom X, Phantom X. Uh, Doctor Nemesis, <laughs> Doctor Nemesis. Um, that was another one that you used to really I like as well. Doctor Nemesis, but he's not in anything anymore. Oh, he was, God. he was, he was. He A be, bunch of them just sort of get sidelined. He got reintroduced time, in like Matt Fraction's run on Uncanny X Men, and then became a, a, a sort of 
supporting character throughout um, Kieran Gillen's run on Uncanny X-Men. There was an X-Club uh, five-issue mini, which was all about him and the, a couple of other characters, uh, which was really fun. Um, and then he then he popped up in Cable and X-Force after the Marvel Now relaunch, which I stopped reading mm. because who cares about Cable? Um <laughs> Uh, so all well if he's playing if he's played by Pierce Brosnan in an upcoming movie. Um, so yeah, I kind of fell off on that, but I I don't know. It's difficult. It's really, really difficult to choose just what one goes movie. on in the future is none of your business. <laughs> no. Well, as long as I'm um, heading there, it is. Then I'm, maybe you shouldn't be heading there. I'm gonna throw a, a dart. Oh. A, an imaginary dartboard, and whichever it lands in is my favorite mutant of this moment. Okay. Considering, considering I'm not actually reading any X books at the moment. Here we go. go. Oh, it's Kid Omega, Quentin Quire. There we go. <laughs> Quentin Quire! Oh my god. Yeah, Kid Omega. Yeah, I just. Oh, fuck Quentin Quire. Again, go read Wolverine and the X Men by Jason Aaron, then you'll understand why he's my favorite. Colossus in Ultimate X Men. I X-Men really like Colossus yeah, yeah. and uh, his relationship with Kurt as well with Nightcrawler is really very show. sweet. And also Hank, because Hank's quite likable and then less likable as time goes by in yeah. Ultimate. But you still remember, and, and the writers or remember who he was at the beginning, so you never hate him. That You're always just like, oh, what? That ponytail. That ponytail, no fam. <laughs> um, uh, Chris Warner. Hello, Chris Warner. Chris Warner says, one solo X-Men movie you'd like to see who would you cast as that character if they're not already cast? And who would the villain be? Slasher would play them. So, so let's say we have our own X Men origins. It doesn't have to be an origin, but like you know, we can single out one mutant for a story. Who would we have? Um, oh God! I mean, I, th- I still would love to see a Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Michael Michael Assbender. Well. I've, yeah. Yeah, what a shame. You want, you want shame. Uh, um, he'll bend Ma- A Michael Fassbender Nazi killing Magneto. I mean, the problem is, Magneto like, he's Nazi older Nazi. now than he was in first class, so you can't really do that. But you, you can have him follow it. Well, you can have him follow it up. You can have him be like, he's yeah. found a new lead and he's going to get some information, son. There is actually, that, I don't want to, there is an issue of Uncanny X Force hmm. where an old, where Magneto hires Wolverine yeah. to go and kill. A, uh, Nazi. a Nazi, an aging Nazi guard from one of his like he's. I can't remember why he doesn't want to do it, but he's like, "Yo, can you do this job for me?" And always like, "Yeah, all right." We're well, gonna pay me. I'll pay you in not tearing the skeleton out of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's like, like a one and done story of like Wolverine going doing this thing, Magneto <laughs> taking this Nazi down. It's like you're you're here to kill me, aren't you? Yeah. Finish your beer. Mr. <laughs> finish, your, finish your beer. Um, uh, finish your beer, Mr. Old Man Nazi. I would quite like... <laughs> Old Man Nazi. This is going to be a bit weird. Go for it. I'd quite like a Beast Solo movie. Mm. With Mr. Sinister as the villain. Okay. All about genetic manipulation and Beast trying to stop his degenerating... His degeneration into... A beast. And a, Would thing, you give Nicholas Holt that movie? No. Cool. So you'd go for an older beast? Or a bit Probably older anyway? Like, I think Kelsey Grammer's too old now. Yeah. But, okay. um, a Stanley Tucci beast. Where do you stand on a Stanley I Tucci beast? I wouldn't hate that. 
I really wouldn't hate that at all. And like, full up, but I would like. Oh have shit! It, I would like have him start as 90s Blue Beast. Yeah. And then have him start to degenerate into like 2000s Cat Beast. Which okay. I really like. And like, that's the sort of thing. It's like, as long as no fucking Dark Beast makes any appearance, I'll be fine with I like, it. I like Dark Beast. You're a monster. I like Dark Beast. You're a monster, sir. Um, but as is he! <laughs> but I like the idea of... Uh, How do you know he's evil? His fur is darker. He's dark. He's, he's literally Dark Beast. <laughs> Although for a while in the 90s he was posing as, as regular Beast. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, you dyed your fur? Uh, sure, no, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he was blue. He was still blue. <laughs> but, and then Onslaught was like, I can see right through you. Come and be my slave. Um, but yeah, like, have him start to degenerate and be Put like... on the skip mask. Racing to sort of like maintain some form of his humanity. Yeah. And he's so easy. Because that's the stuff that, it's, for... it's like, it's like a reverse flowers for Algernon kind yeah, of thing, yeah. isn't it? He's like, you can feel himself, his mind doesn't generate but his body is. Yeah. So he doesn't want to be trapped in like a bestial body. Yeah. So that, and then it runs into Mr. Sinister who he finds out has been like genetically manipulated mutants and fucking around people's mutations and things like that. I, I, I think that'd be, it's never going to happen. No. It would never happen because Beast doesn't have, he's not a character who has the sort of, Pop culture cachet, um, cachet, if one will. Um, have a, have I, a... I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, who, who's Magneto's daughter? Polaris. Polaris, yeah. I'd like to see that just to give McKellen one more go. Mm. I'd like to see a Polaris tracks down her father story mm. and make it like Logan, focus it as a, it's a character piece. It's about dissecting who these people are and what they stand for and what they believe in. Yeah. Like the stuff that works in the first two movies. Like, it's about that. That'd be quite a cool one because then you get to sort of give McKellen a swan song as well. Mm. And as for mm. the villain, uh, I don't know. You want, you almost want the villains to be human, if not working with human villains. Hellfire Club. Mod, a modern Hellfire Club. Yeah. The modern version. Uh, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. A neo-Nazi far-right Hellfire Club. Oh! Make this movie now! Mm. Make it now! Stop what you're doing, Matt. Right this second and go make it. I should, I, these are both really good ideas for X-Men stories. I know, right? Let's start writing comics. Uh, um, and finally, could you pick... This is Matthew Jasper. Could you pick your own roster, or rotor, or roster of X-Men... For a rebooted film in the MCU. Mm. And who would you cast? So, tomorrow Fox turns around and goes, Ah, do you know what? Forget it. Here you go, Marvel. Tell you what, can you give us, um, just, can you just give us, like, some goodie bags filled with comic books? And, uh, you can have the X-Men back. There you go. Bye. And Marvel, like, right. We've got to do an X-Men movie set in the MCU. I'll say this now. Who, which mutants do you put in? Who'd you cast? I'm going to say this now. No Wolverine. No. No Wolverine. Go original. I was thinking exactly the same. Xavier. Oh, five. Xavier. Um, Cyclops. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Iceman, Iceman. Beast. Beast. Uh, Angel. Angel. Just go original. Yeah. Do first class. But the properly. actual first like, class. Probably. Like proper first class. OG time, yeah. first class. Uh, who would you cast? Problem is, Xavier's tough to recast because it was perfect. Yeah. So. And not and you can't keep McAvoy. I know we already brought him up for Beast, but Tucci wouldn't be a bad... Tucci would be a great... Tucci wouldn't be a bad Professor X. He'd be pretty good. Um, Because you want want whoever's playing Professor X to be 
as old as, if not slightly older than Downey Jr. Because you want want that kind of mentory level, but at the same time, a sensible counteracting to the current oldest member of the MCU. And you want a younger, you want a young, like, late teen, early 20s cast for the X-Men. Yes. Um, Maybe maybe make Beast slightly older and keep him in the, because what works nicely with Beast is the teachery role. I think people accept him a bit more in that kind of thing. Yeah. um, For sure. Yeah, um, but not not the Nick Nick Holt version of Alder, which is he's a bit more sensible than everyone else. No, not Nick Holt. Like if the rest of the students definitely are, not Nick Holt. Pitch, pitch the rest of the students as already established. The X Men already. No, do you know what? It's been enough time. Have it be Get the story together. of one of them joining the X Men. Well, in the... I recommend Angel because he's the most physically different and yeah. the hardest to fit yeah, in. Yeah. Um, or Iceman, because. Hasn't Bobby recent Bobby's recently come out, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, so So you could you could be a bit yeah. more literal with your metaphor of the outsider because in the twenty first century now He's also the youngest. He is. In the twenty first century now, there is a lot more acceptance uh, yeah. in the world. There's also still a lot of hatred and resistance, but there's a lot more acceptance in the world. So to really keep the story going, be literal. Be be Bobby's story. Mm. Have Bobby join. See, it's difficult though because because he means to be so young. I can't think of any actors off the top of my head who really fit for them. Oh, Bobby doesn't have Bobby. Like... They don't have to be high school age per no, se. because no. they could be these guys. Apart from Angel, these guys can conceal their abilities. They they look normal. Yeah. Um. So Angel would be good to. I mean, maybe maybe have it as a dual thing. Bobby and um. Oh God, what's Angel's name? Warrington. Warren Worthington. Warren, Warren Worthington. He's have, rich. Have Warren and... Because you could do some good stuff with Angel. But I think Dane DeHaan would be an interesting Iceman. I think he looks a little older than... Like I was thinking someone who's sort of is clearly in their 20s, but has that youthful... Sort of someone like Taron Egerton, that kind of... But the problem is Taron Egerton's already done that story. King's, make, Kingsman is the same. I make Taron Egerton Cyclops. And write Cyclops well. Yeah. Brash... But, like, not arrogant. Because the reason why Terry like, came to my head as whoever joined was because in my head, obviously, subliminally, I was thinking of Kingsman. Because that's his story yeah, in Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, to flip it, make him the drill sergeant. Make him the one who's in charge. Like, mm. Cyclops. Who's the one who's been given the responsibility of, right, do me a favour. You need to look after these kids. And a bit uptight. Yeah. Um, who do we have as Gene? Ooh. Shit. Don't know. We don't know our young actors well enough to cast all these kids, I think. No. Shut the nerds up and make Barb, Gene. There you go. Barb <laughs> from Stranger Things. There you go. There you um, go. Um, oh. oh. Steve from Stranger Things as Warren Worthington as, <gasps> as Angel. Okay, yes. I would agree with that. And, and, and Jonathan as Iceman. That's really and good. Nancy as Gene Grey. That's really good. What you're basically saying is cast the five kids from Stranger Things. The older kids, though. The older kids from Stranger Things. Okay. And then do flashbacks for the younger kids. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who plays oh, Jonathan Byers as Iceman. The guy who plays Steve Harrington as... Actually, now I've said it. As by the time Warren. this movie, even in this theoretical universe we've created, by the time this movie actually rolls around, the main cast of Stranger Things will be older. Yeah. Cast the cast the five young kids from Stranger Things. Yeah, do that. Just do that. And Dustin cast... Beast. Cast... Getting Matarazzo as Beast. Castucci as Xavier. I make one of them black. Fuck it. Make make Lucas like one. Make Iceman or one of them. Black Xavier. Black Cyclops. Been done. Extreme X Men. <laughs> Alternate dimension hopping oh, uh, X Men. 
Uh, yeah, Civil War Black Cyclops. And also... Hopefully not falling into the trope of 70 superheroes and him being called Black Cyclops. And also, no, no. But also another, altern- another alternate Black universe. Lightning? Black An- Panther? Another alternate universe where... Um, Black Goliath? Why is he called Black Goliath, Mom? There's Wolverine and Hercules and they're both gay lovers. Fair enough. That's an actual thing. They're the hairiest, they're the hairiest guys. It's great. Um, it's great. Who's the bear and who's the, the cub? That's the question. Well, it almost take turns, I guess. Because <laughs> Hercules is more innocent, we'll but Logan's sure. shorter. But they're also universe versions, so they're not quite the same. <laughs> um, um, Black Xavier. Because they're... Oh, shit! We're in a slightly more accepting world, but if you really... Yes. If you really... I'll say, I'll say why. Because if you really want to hammer home the themes that that, that, that were behind this book as the years went by that are still around today but we're in a slightly more accepting world if you really want to make it more literal you make your Xavier your MLK you make Xavier your Dr. King-esque figure yeah. he's more public yeah. he's someone who is speaking publicly on behalf yeah. of mutants as opposed to sort of being a bit more quiet and everything you make him put a public figure um, Jeffrey Wright Oh, okay. Yes. If you want to break, I'll tell you what. If you want to break someone into movies, someone who could play kind of that authority, but also play that warmth and that slight edge when you need it. Whip, I'm whipping out the British actor playbook again. Patterson Joseph. Oh yeah. People keep clambering in for him to be in yeah, more dramatic yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But him playing Patterson Xavier. Joseph as Xavier. Yeah. He'd be great as Xavier. Um, Magneto, I think the problem is to keep them mates, you would have to bring Magneto's story forward, unfortunately. Make him a Malcolm X figure. Yes! Because you can't have him in World War Two without him being old balls. Yeah. That's how you do it. You make it so that it's more about social and political activism and the lives these two have led up to this point. You're going to have to ditch, unfortunately, the World War Two thing. But you have to have some kind of, like, you have to have a backstory yes. that involves persecution, yes. murder, yes. Um, that sort of unrelenting racism. So I mm. think Black America in the prison system could provide a sort of yes. a similar up to date origin. And yeah, who would you, who would you who would you think would be a good Malcolm X ish um, mm, for Magneto? If you've got Pat and Joseph as Xavier, yeah, yeah. Magneto. Oh. I think you, I'm a Magneto. To me, Magneto is always slightly older than Xavier. I've always had him as slightly older, if only by like five years. Because I like the idea of a lot of Magneto's world weariness coming from, look, I used to be as idealistic as yeah, you. Yeah. It doesn't get better. So I always picture him as a little bit older. And if that's the case, based on what sort of Magneto, if, you're Mag- if this Magneto is going to be a bit more physically active, mm-hmm. uh, not so sure. Like if this Magneto was still kind of more figurehead, and a bit more like the McKellen one, where he's not swinging stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. You want somebody who sort of has that grav. Oh, fuck. I mean, this is this is ideal casting, and I don't know if it works exactly, but like, imagine Keith David spouting out Magneto-esque lines. Michael Kenneth Williams. <gasps> Keith, you can do a voiceover. Um. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel, do us a favor. Could you write a blank check to Fox? Let them write down whatever amount they like yeah. in exchange for the X-Men. Give it a couple of years so the Stranger Things kids can get a bit older. <laughs> and make this goddamn movie. Don't have Magneto be the antagonist. No. 
but have him there. He needs to be there from the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think your villain needs to be. I mean, maybe it's the Brotherhood. I think you need maybe to be, it's the Brotherhood I of Mutants. You so to... you've got a team, team v team movie. I and think... by the end, it's that whole reveal of like think... not not even in the story, just at the end of the story, like the post credits is. Oh shit! They were working for Magneto. You make you make Magneto See, someone who's not like he's a supervillain, but he's known like he's possibly been involved in some shit. I think you don't go into mutant conflict. I think okay. what you do for that first movie is you lean into the again mm. into the allegory of the alt right and racism and making a, a big comeback okay. in in um in America, and you have the victim be sort of a purifier-style organisation with sort of a, a, a striker-style leader. Okay. And the conflict between Xavier and Magneto comes in their two approaches to how they handle it. How they handle this... So this, you could have a brotherhood... Um, persecution. But they're not the... Yeah, they're not the villains. They're not the villains. Like, you can have, obviously, a set-piece where... You can have the big set-piece yeah. where they're all having a fight. And there's, but there's conflicts and tension between the Brotherhood and the X-Men on how they deal with the issue of the purifiers and how they... And it could end... And, and you could end it with some... Like, the rift coming from, like, Magneto just going, yeah, no, fuck these guys and murdering everyone. Mm. And Charles being like, what the fuck? Now you've just made... you just made us look even worse. Like, how oh, can we man. come... How can we come to the table and create a dialogue and, and, and get past this and solve these problems of education where you just murdered a bunch of which people? Is, which is how you make an emphasis in the MCU of why mutants are singled out as something to be feared. Because, yeah. like, there are superpowered people all over the shop in this world. Like, the world know about the Avengers. Yeah. The world are possibly going to know about Thanos soon. Yeah. Like, they're, they're going to know that there are stuff out there, but there are, there are good people. Because, obviously, yeah. Civil War toys and the idea of... The world doesn't hate the Avengers, but, like, they're going to. But then, like, how do like, you deal people with... people need to be held accountable for this, and you guys are the... Like, but the Civil War wasn't, the world hate you. It yeah. was, there are people who have, whose lives have been negatively infected and destroyed because of stuff you've either done or failed to do. Whereas, with this, like, the mutants, if, yeah. if something like that happens, it's like, mutants are going to be singled out. This is a person who looks exactly the same as you or me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need any equipment, doesn't need weapons, but say Magneto, for instance, could walk into a room, pull structural supports out of the building you're in, and crush you with them. Yeah. So you make more a thing of like, these are hidden people. These he, are hidden people. He can collapse a building by looking at it. And if there's a crowd next to it, you won't know who that person is. So yeah, Marvel, uh, write blank check, give it to Fox. Then. Sit your boys down. We'll happily. Uh, I mean, we'll take. We'll, we'll take. You know, we'll take filtered coffee. We don't care. Um, we'll hash it out. Coffee. We'll hash that shit right out. Uh, just give us a call. Yeah. Do that. Uh, thank you for joining us this week, ladies and gentlemen, for some thank nonsense and some bollocks. Um, if you want to get in touch at any time, you know the drill at Big Damn Cast on Twitter and Big Damn Contact at Gmail dot com. Mm. If you want to send us questions. Um, we're not going to be doing any big live responses to stuff next week in particular. Um, if all goes according to plan, next week we've got a bit of a treat for you long-term listeners. We've been talking about first class today. It's time to take the last class in session. Yes. For those of us who wanted to finally dissect BBC TV's class to the fullest, next week we're going to be looking at the whole damn thing, all eight episodes, and we're going to be seeing whether or not it's time to put it to bed. If, 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 that if, the tabloids are to believe, if the tabloids are to be believed, it already has been quietly. Yes. So, Take class, back and shot. class 
is in session next week. Till then, I'm Big Dumb Chris. I'm Big Dumb Magneto. And snickety snick snick snicked. Snicked, bub? Correct answer. You win. Was it? You win, sir. Our survey says... Snicked, snicked. <laughs> oh no, music! Oh! It's crushing us! Oh! It's the music meister! Seriously, we should probably start right now.